This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app of participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to a very special two-part Chelsea fancast to celebrate our 500th episode recorded on Monday this week. Given that we couldn't get everyone who has contributed to 500 episodes on the show, I thought the next best thing would be to have a chat with some of them and get their view on what is a momentous occasion, even if I do say so myself, about what they enjoyed about being part of the fancast and to find out what they're up to now. Of course, being me, we rambled on for so long that I've had to split it up into two special shows – in part one, I talked to some of the Chelsea fancast best love contributors from Dr. Martin Sheridan Bird on the first one up to Chelsea Chadder from the days when we did the show on TV. In part two, I talked to some of our favourite guests such as Neil Spy Barnett, Paul Cannaville and Jason Cundy. But before all of that, this is how we started Chelsea fancast in a bar far, far away in Putney a long time ago. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Chelsea are back. Chelsea are back. If snatching a draw from the jaws of defeat at Anfield and then beating Manure and making Fergie explode with bitter rage wasn't enough, the Chelsea podcast from Football Fancast is back. We'll be podcasting every Sunday and getting out on the pod waves each Monday, giving you the lowdown on the blue planet. I'm David Chidgy, commonly known as Chidge, and occasionally known as Stamford Chidge. I'm a season ticket holder on the Matthew Harding Upper, the fabled Gate 17. When I'm not cheering the Chels on or drinking in the local hostelries, I produce television. But before you say, not another phony, media-loving, supporting Chelsea, let me clarify that I make football programmes that tell it like it is, and not boring stuff like Match of the Day. Probably because they wouldn't trust me. No, I'm the man behind the WKD Shed Sports Show and Shed Sports 1 on Nuts TV. Burn or Bust, the greatest girls against Man United, and the 50 sports that we love to love and love to hate. 
So, I've been let loose on the football fancast Podwaves with a remit to spout forth my myopically biased views on the greatest team the world has ever seen. We'll be recording the podcast at Putney Station, my lucky Chelsea bar. I've never actually seen Chelsea lose when watching it here on the TV. So thanks to Emma and the lovely staff at Putney Station for letting us do our stuff here. Over the coming weeks, I hope to get a few mates along to have a banter with. Fellow Chelsea mates, ex-Chelsea legends, football writers, a few TV mates, whoever I can blag, bribe or bully. I promise we won't shy away from saying what we think, and hopefully we'll get your views on here too, through the website at www.footballfancast.com. Blogs, emails and the Facebook page will be creating very soon. Before we get going though, we'd like to pass our commiserations and sympathy to Frank Lampard and his family, after Frank's mother, Pat, sadly passed away a few days ago. Frank, our thoughts are with you. Real fans, real opinions. Coming up on today's show, we'll be gloating about the win that keeps our title hopes alive against Man USA, celebrating probably the greatest own goal ever scored to keep us on track for Moscow, and we'll be looking ahead to the return leg on Wednesday. We'll also be discussing the hot topic on most Chelsea fans' minds at the moment. How the hell do we get to Moscow to see the Chelsea lift the European Cup? But first, it's time to introduce my guest today. Martin Levy, my long-suffering brother-in-law, who says nepotism's dead. This is a man who used to think it was funny to pour five pints of Stella down my neck because whenever he did, we would then win 5-0. Martin, say hello and tell us about yourself. Hello, David. Uh, you haven't been drinking so much lager recently, that's the trouble. I'm still um, having one now, though. I, I, I'm Martin Levy. I've uh, been a Chelsea fan as long as I can remember. The first time I can remember going to watch Chelsea live was in 1971, and we beat Liverpool 2-1 that day. And I certainly hope we can do the same again, or better, on Wednesday. Good stuff. My second guest is an old colleague, Mr Sheridan Bird, a man who used to grace the Shed Sports One show as an international playboy and man of mystery, but he was, in fact, all along a respected writer for the Champions magazine and a pundit on Talk Sport and Football 365. Say hello, Sheridan. Hello there, David. It's tremendous to be working with you again, just like the good old days. Shezza, the, uh, the honour is all mine, I assure <laughs> you. I assure you. Thank you, Alan Partridge and friends. My God, listening back to that, I can't believe we made it beyond five episodes, let alone 500. Who knew that reading your CV out would make good podcasting? It probably didn't. At least we had some great matches to talk about, having beaten Man United at home with a brace from Michael Ballack and the 1-1 draw in the Champions League semi-final up at Anfield with the home leg to come. But if you think me and Dr Mark were the first to host the Chelsea fancast or came up with the original idea, then you'd be mistaken, as he who must not be named explains. Just a quick uh, message for Chidge and the guys. This is um, David Twitter handle only a pound Johnston um, many years ago together with Kelvin Twitter handle Neil underscore army Barker Mark at gate 17 Marco Worrell and Cliff at M-I-B-I-A-L Auger hosted the original Chelsea football fan cast for various reasons, um, I couldn't continue, and Chidge took up the challenge and uh, carried it on. And to be fair to Chidge, he took it to a different level, a far higher level than I think the four of us originals could ever have done. Congratulations, Chidge, on the 500th 
edition. I look forward to the thousandth and indeed the five thousandth edition. Keep up the good work and up the chill. Sorry, up. Well, there we go. As ever, there's no such thing as an original thought, and we wouldn't be here had it not been for DJ, the CFC UK editor. In fact, we probably owe an even greater debt to Dave, as he's always championed the fan cast and helped us gain popularity, not least by allowing me to write for the fanzine from around the time we started doing the fan cast. In fact, today, many of the current fan cast mob also write for the fanzine, such as Clayton Beerman and Dean Mears, and of course Mark Worrell, who, as DJ pointed out, was on the original fan cast with him, as well as Kelvin Barker and Cliff Auger. Mark was, of course, one of our first guests when he came on to talk about his One Man Went to Mow and Overland and Sea books, and DJ, Kelvin Barker, Tim Rolls and Walter Otten have also guested on the show talking about their various books, as have Martin Knight and John King. Blimey! Who knew the Chelsea fancast was so incestuous? But hey, back to the first show when I inflicted Dr. Mart and my old mate Sheridan Bird on the podcast world. Well, well, well. Who have we got here? Long time no speak. Dr. Mart is in the house. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> Still alive. Oh, it's brilliant to see you, man. I, I, I feel terrible. I've not spoken to you for actually ages. We were we were talking a minute ago, weren't since, we? Since your since your big birthday. Oh, of course, me. No, that wasn't my birthday. That was our wedding anniversary. Wedding anniversary. Not not you and my wedding anniversary. Me and my wife's no, wedding no. anniversary. Yeah, that's right. Now that was a couple of years ago. Jesus. Yeah. But I was saying we were saying, weren't we? The last match we were actually at together was the League Cup final when Matic scored that absolute boomer. Yeah, against Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah. So what's that? 2015. That was a blinder, that Matic one, yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. 2015 was that? Mourinho's second spell. Uh, yeah, it must have been. It must have been 2015, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Which is way too long, mate. Um like many many <laughs> people that I see in the pub every every other week, one of the first things they say is where's Dr. Mart? Is he coming That's just from... after they said where's Chelsea? Well, shush, don't, I know I told you that. But, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll pretend we'll suspend reality for a minute. <laughs> No, but they honestly. Well, I'm still alive. I, still I know they do ask they after you. Go. They do ask after you at the football. They say, "How is he? What's he up to? Why isn't he coming to the football?" And I, I said, "I'm living in Henley, and and uh, I just find it's not impossible to get there. I just I kind of found that when I lived in Putney, I could get to the game in in 15 minutes. I could have a couple of beers before the game, watch the game, a few beers afterwards, and I'd be home by half six. But living in Henley, when you've got to add you know, an hour and three quarters each end. Uh, it just makes, it's just, I don't know, it just takes the joy out of it for me. I know people travel a lot further than that. Maybe it's just me, but um, I don't know. You're just a fair weather I still fan. The games. I still watch the games when I can on, on whatever media they're on. You're just a fair weather fan, Mark. It's as simple fair as weather that. fan, that's what it is. But it is funny, actually, because we were, we were talking a minute ago when we were, and we were saying that, uh, you know, a lot of people find it hard to understand that that was my attitude when I, I didn't grow up living in London. I, I, I started going. Uh, when I lived in Lots Road, because I could, yeah. it was a five-minute walk. So that's that's the kind of football I like. If I have to spend an hour and a half, two hours getting there, it kind of turns me off somewhat. And people have never understood that. And I've, I've often... got a lot of respect for the people that do that well, know, every, every fortnight. I, I, fantastic, but I, I can't do it. Well, totally, mate. I mean, there's people like Chris Axon, who you may or may not know, but he comes up from yeah, the Froome. Swindon mob. Yeah, and the Swindon mob. and oh, Hastings. You... Um, lovely uh, Jonathan Ellis, who writes for the fan cast. He comes down from Clitheroe for games. Cool. Yeah, go. Cool. So we're Good rubbish, idea. mate. But everybody knew that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the fan cast. As you know, uh, it's our 500th show today. And, 500th um, show. And, uh, yeah, and it was, 
you know, basically... Uh, Most money did was number 27 or something, wasn't it? Well, that's, that's a very good point. That's a really good point. I was going to say that, you know, you and I, we were, obviously, you, me and Sheridan Bird, we did that first show in Putney Station. Yeah. Uh, and and it, and it, this is not a chidge invention, is it? And that's the point. It was. Uh, it, it was started off by, with he who must not be named. Um, you're right. Uh, DJ Kelvin Cliff Auger had done a few. So the reality is, well, this is kind of completely going to screw up. I mean, so what, what do I do now? Do I do another 27 shows and say that's the 500th show? Your 500th show. It's, it's still the 500th show. You know, you're absolutely right about that. Okay, I, I feel. How like- many years is it? Uh, about seven hundred, I think. No, twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, a- April the twenty eighth this year will be the twelfth wow. year because that's the point. We started it. You, me, and Sheridan. I kind of I know I know that DJ and a few others have done it before, and I met football fancast in a in a launch party in Movida. Would you believe? And mm. uh, got drunk and was the last man there. What a and surprise! That's when they turned you into it. Well, I met Sarah and Martin and Neil and got all Spurs fans, I hasten to add, who are running football fancasts. I got on really, really well with them. And they said, uh, um, well, we do we do podcasts and we call them fancasts. And uh, I said, oh, well, that's, that's fun. We do them for every club, they said. I said, oh, that's great. I said, is there a Chelsea one? <clears throat> and they said, uh, well, well, they used to be, but they kind of all disappeared. I said, oh, all right. And I said, well, I'll do it then. And they said, all right. And I thought, okay. And of course, I was making lots of TV programs on football at the time, so I had this great you idea. You had to do it. Well, that was kind of the radio was a doddle for a man with your talent. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I like a perfect I... face for it. Let's face it. You know? Yeah, well, I kind of like the fact that I could do a show that I could write, write, present, and produce, and get my mates on who wouldn't argue with me. Little <laughs> did I know. <laughs> what were you thought? Yes. <laughs> Which is so wonderfully ironic, isn't it? Because the whole theme of the early shows, particularly, I think, was the fact that I would be really bossy, and you lot, you Chris, uh, Tell, but uh, you know Stuart, you name it, would sit there taking the piss and winding me up on purpose. Well, I thought what was great about it was because it was just the kind of chat that you'd have with your mates in the pub, only it was recorded. Yeah, and that was what made it funny. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. That's exactly what the idea for it was. And of course, we used to go, we used to go to the matches, drink heavily beforehand, yeah, and, and after, then, uh, yeah, well, and then go back to Putney Station and carry on. The, I mean, some of the bar bills that you and I paid for pepperoni pizzas, yeah, yeah. and Guinness, and Guinness or Peroni, Peroni Cheers. in the summer. Cheers, Mark. Martin. He's actually, even though this is re- being recorded early in the morning, he has just woofed down a pint of Guinness. Early morning, eleven o'clock. Guinness. I'm gonna get another can in a minute. So there you go. So what are some of your favourite favourite memories from doing it? I mean, it was you and me, mate. It was it was it was like almost like a double act for years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's right. I, I used to cover for you when you weren't there. I mysteriously would disappear. Yeah. When you were, you know, slamming it in the West Indies or whatever. Mm, mm. That was the famous one when I forgot to turn the mic on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Pe- people still talk about that. Actually. Who can forget that? Who can forget that? Well, you forgot to turn on the mic, mate. But uh, <laughs> so come on, you've got some good memories from it. Yeah, I mean, just it just just used to be a laugh, and chill tell. I mean, he was just he'd have us rolling in laughter, wouldn't he? I remember getting tell there. We were desperate. I had a phone call the other day. Yeah, yeah I do, I do. And Ars- Arsene Wenger called, and uh, Northerners <laughs> are real people with real emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he used to do that Tales from the Shed thing, didn't he? I remember that. It was Pingu. Ah, that was Darren. 
I'll leave that for Darren to uh, to 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 uh, air when I speak to him. I remember um, we were down on numbers, and Tell was supposed to be on the show, and he was so pissed. He'd been drinking all day, and he and he said, oh, "I can't, man. no, I can't, I can't come on, I can't, I can't do it." Too I said, "No, Tell, you got to." No, 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 no. I, I really can't. No, no, you got to. No, you got to tell. No, he said. No, I, can't. I said. I'll tell you what. Get here, and I'll buy you loads of black coffee, and I'll sober you up, and you can do the show then. I'll, I'll let you down. I'll be terrible, and all of this. I said. No, no. And he, and he did. He turned up, and I fed him black coffee for about an hour, and just about got him sober enough to be able to speak a sentence. So you know, tell was a one-off, wasn't he? And he was brilliant as ever. He was. He was. He was. So uh, what do you what do you think about? I mean, you know, the, the the fan cast has been great for all of us. I mean, we've had a lot of laughs. I mean, you and I, obviously, you you were my brother-in-law at the time, so you know, we, we've yeah. been very close. And and I, and I mean, this is something that I that, that Chris mentioned as well is that, you know, the beautiful thing about it from my point of view was for me to come back. I mean, you know, frankly, mate, I I wouldn't probably be be doing any of this uh, or going to Chelsea, or have had a season ticket for nigh on 20, 20 years if if it hadn't have been for you did you know that well, if it hadn't have been for you dragging me along to all those Chelsea games I might still be married to your sister but <laughs> you should be thanking me <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because when when you when you met my sister and and we I just we discovered that we both love Chelsea and yeah you said oh do you go and I said well mate I can't be it asked was Phil's fault it was Phil who persuaded me to buy a season ticket yeah, but you persuaded me to cut. He said when you you said when you come back up to London, because I said that. Yeah. Funny how we started this. You saying you can't be bothered to go because you're in Henley. When you said to me, and I said, well, I can't be bothered to go. I don't live. I don't live in London. Why would I do that? And you said, well, okay, right. When when you move back to London, because I was planning to move back to London. When you move back, we got a pact. We're going to go to the football together. And we did. And I said, all right. And we did. And we got season tickets next to each other. We did. You still got the same one. I have, mate. Bank row, but back, one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, gate seventeen, and uh, yeah. I, st- I still look at anybody who sits in your seat, saying, "I'm sorry, you're, you're in the wrong seat." My, my <laughs> brother-in-law sits seat. there, you know. Uh, so, so there you go. So I, I owe you a lot, mate. I should be saying thank you because if if I hadn't if I hadn't met you and you hadn't cajoled me to come and watch the football with you when I came back to London, none of this would have happened. I, I admire your persistence for sticking at it. I, I, I won't say it wasn't the case. I had enough. I, I just kind of drifted away from it. Mm. Um, and I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I haven't been to a game since, oh God, it's about my third season that I haven't been to a game now. God knows when there'll be another one. Uh, mm. um, and I don't listen to the podcast anymore, I'm afraid. Well, you never listened when you were on. Well, I never had time to listen to it. That's tr- well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I never listened when you were talking anyway. <laughs> So there you go. So look, final final words, Martin, on your thoughts on the Chelsea fan cast and us, yeah. us making it to 500 episodes. I miss it. We miss you. I miss it. I miss the camaraderie. Yeah. I miss the connection with all those fans from all over the world that used yeah. to listen in. Yeah. The likes of Clifford Crivello. <laughs> oh, just so many of them. It was fantastic. And who, who was that, who was that uh, lovely lad who did jazz? Joss. Josh? Namish Swan, a singer. Oh, Namith. Oh, the jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I met up with him in in, uh, in New York, yeah. Josh? Uh, yes. Josh Bornazian. Born, Bornazian, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We've met jazz, a lot of... Jazz, sax player. Yeah. yeah. Ed, Ma- Ed Mallon from San Diego. That's it. Phil. And your mate from California. 
Michael Roban. Michael Roban, yeah. Roban, not Rayban. I know. <laughs> Martin, you, as I said, uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, but if it hadn't been for you, Doctor Mark, none of this would have happened. So, and, and I mean, you miss us. Uh, we all miss you. I do particularly, mate. And uh, I really hope when we actually do bloody well get football back, I can persuade you to come up for a match, and we can get we'll hammered. See what we can do. We can we'll do that. that. We can. We can let you have one match. I admire your persistence, Chid, and, and fantastic that you, you, this is the 500th show. Top amazing, man. top amazing. Man. Who'd have thought it? Yeah, well, there you go. I should be I should be locked away in a loony bin for this, but there you go, Martin. Do you know how many hits we get now? No, you get? I, Martin. Do you think I've ever given a shit You've about? You've never that? known that, really, have you? No, I don't give a shit. I just do it. I do it. <laughs> I do it for us. You know, that's yeah. the point. If if we enjoy doing it and. And a few people, I mean, we get emails every week now of people just saying what what an impact it's had on them. And that's enough. You know, that's why we do it. And so it's a bit like, um, you know, gambling. You know, when the fun stops, stop. Ah, oh, the dulcet tones of Dr. Mars. And good to hear from my old right-hand man back in the day. And not only do we miss him on the fan cast, apart from when he forgot to turn the mic on, but also sitting next to me in Gate 17. By the way, thanks to Dr. Mark cocking it up, that's the reason why no one subs for me when I'm not around anymore. No chidge, no show. Now, I've always thought it would have been a great competition question of who joined me and Dr. Mark on the first show, until, of course, I uploaded it as a classic Chelsea fancast and gave the game away. It was, of course, Sheridan Bird, a very funny man. He wrote the diaries of Michael Ballack and an expert on European football. For some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to get someone who actually knew about football on the show, even though he wasn't actually a Chelsea fan. Sheridan, lovely, lovely to speak to you. Uh, It's always a pleasure, as you well know. And it was particularly a a pleasure back in April 2008 when I came up with some stupid idea to do a podcast. And I happened to be working with you at the time, didn't I, at Nuts TV, and I, I kind of thought quite sensibly, in my opinion, that I ought to have somebody with half a brain who knew about football to come on a football podcast with me. Well, it's very kind of you. I would say it was probably quarter of a brain because working is a big word because at nuts I was doing it all from the goodness of my heart. But I know that you were earning millions. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it only. was uh, it, it was it was a pleasure. And um, like I said, I'd got to know you a little bit or like you said, I'd got to know you a little bit at nuts on Shed Sports. So um, I thought, yeah, it'll be fun if I just do one. It's not the end of the world. And, uh, and I did it. And it, it was it was a good laugh. So, you, of course, I mean, you know, I should should tell everybody, not, I've probably already told them by now, but I'll tell them again. You, you of course, legendarily were on the first ever Chelsea fancast that we did. It was me, Dr. Mark, you in the funny little alcove in Putney Station Bar, uh, which we, we grew to love over the years. But do you remember much about the show? Well, I remember the venue. I remember I, I was living in South London at that point. Uh, I was living in um, in Battersea, so it wasn't a massive trek to get to, uh, to 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 the venue. And it was a nice venue. And they did. I think I had a pizza there, which I think was uh, very very delicious or very tasty rather. Sound like Sylvester Stallone saying very very delicious, um, uh, very tasty. And uh, I remember meeting your uh, your Chelsea companions, and and uh, yeah, it was it was it was good actually. It was good fun. It was almost uh, novel in the sense that football podcasts weren't all over the place. Uh, you know, weren't as um, 
as numerous as they have been recently. So it, it was it was novel and it was uh, it was a bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Now uh, we loved you so much, largely because, of course, I mean, you know, there was a there was another reason why we got you on early. I think because. Oh, yes. Yeah, we started, I think, the week before Chelsea played Liverpool in the Champions League semi-final. So, you know, European football competition was uppermost in our minds at the time. And of course, you, you, as I knew, were something of an expert on European football, Italian football in particular. So I think there was a good reason why we had you on, wasn't there? Uh, I'm pretty sure um, that was the one, not the one I was thinking of. I, I thought you were um, referring to a, a certain fictional as far as we know, a fictional diary idea of a, of, <laughs> well, of a Chelsea football player. Well, absolutely. Well, we got you back on, didn't we? Because you were on it for quite a few times. But one of the things I was desperately wanting to get you back on to do was to do the diary of Michael Ballack, uh, or the Michael Ballack diaries, call it what you will. But they used to be in football365.com. And they are, I mean, I, 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 no word of a lie, mate. They are still one of the funniest things I have ever read to do with football and and you actually read one out live didn't you <laughs> yeah thank you i appreciate that i really enjoyed doing those i think michael Ballack is um is another reason why i um was happy to come on the podcast was because at that point chelsea were quite likable to me i'm not a chelsea fan and most people who don't support chelsea are very charitable charitable about uh chelsea and that's you know there's various reasons for that some of it's probably um, envy if you come from a, a North London red end of the, of the spectrum. But the truth is that uh, I liked some of the uh, players, uh, particularly Ricardo Carvalho. Uh, I liked the Mourinho era onwards version of Frank Lampard. Um, before that, I thought he was a bit chaotic. And, and when, when they signed basically people like uh, Shevchenko, who I know didn't do great things with Chelsea, but when they signed Shevchenko and Mikhail Balak and they already had Ricardo Carvalho, I sort of thought this is this is a great Chelsea team full of characters, um, and it will be interesting to imagine Michael Ballack's life because he is such a you know he was such an imposing, very confident seeming man to go into that dressing room that had John Terry Lampard uh, and Drogba and seemingly attempt to uh, you know throw his weight around. He just became the natural um, target for a uh, an affectionate mock diary so that having been said if michael ballack was with us now how would he how would he celebrate and con- congratulate the chelsea fancast on their 500th episode well I, I think he would start off quite measured and then he would probably you know get quite excited and maybe just get an a famous english or british idiom or phrase wrong, which is uh, what I think uh, was the diary. That was basically the diary. So I think it'd be something like, um, I Chiji, I'm very proud of you and the boys. You have made it to 500. That is a real feather in your bum. <laughs> Maybe. Something like that, but uh, <laughs> a better accent. And, uh, and what would he say about Ricky Carvalho? Ah, oh, Ricky, I had so much fun with Ricky. He's still sleeping in the car with his dogs because he's uh, lost his house keys. Yeah, Cavalio, yeah! <laughs> Brilliant stuff. And anyway, mate, well, that's lovely. And I, 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 I can't think of a better way to congratulate us on being stupid enough to do 500 uh, episodes. Uh, very quickly, before I let you go, uh, how are you? What are you up to? I know you're in Italy at the moment, in Milan, uh, but you're very much working with Italian football, aren't you? Yeah, basically, I've been in Italy. I've been in Milan rather for just uh, since 2015 January. I'm still a freelance footballer, though I have one or two 
fixed clients, uh, doing a bit of commentary, which is something I never thought I'd do, but it means that now I never criticize uh, proper superstar commentators because it's such a hard job. And I've been commentating on uh, Italian football for a while now. Uh, My best story about that is in the middle of a match in which I was co-commentating, one of my teeth fell out. So uh, (laughs) uh, the guy who was the main commentator, also my friend Paul, he basically made a comment about it was Genoa against Milan. Uh, and he made a comment about a, a corner or a, a bad shot, and he looked at me to sort of give him some of the uh, some of the second voices they call it in Italy um, coverage, you know, to sort of give him an opinion. But I said nothing and, ha- and held out my hand to him, and inside it was the uh, the remains of a tooth. So he carried on. Brilliant! You're such a pro. You're such a pro. All right, mate. Just to close up, any other kind of memories from fancast that you've done? You were telling me about a few a minute ago that I couldn't even remember. Uh, I remember doing one at uh, one of the the uh, original members' uh, houses. I'm, I'm sure we can name him on air. I hope it's okay, Martin. Uh, we did one at uh, I did one at his house, his uh, his family home, as it were, and that was during the Spain. Uh, that was during the World Cup 2010, and we were recording and. And you were saying, let's say, not so um, encouraging words about Fabio Capello. And uh, and in the, in the middle of this uh, podcast, Spain scored a, a cracking goal, or a worldie, as the young people call it. And people looked at the TV in Martin's living room and, and, and celebrated and, uh, you know, sang praises to the heavens or swore. And I remember you sort of saying to everyone, focus on the podcast. But uh, I think it was I think it was David Villa, David Villa wouldn't let us focus on the podcast so perhaps for those few moments he was uh, an enemy of yours yeah well i i i I thought he was a good player to be fair um (laughs) all right okay so any final comment really on 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 500 episodes of the fancast what do you think of that well i think it's fantastic i think it's great that there is an independent fancast i i always like the fact that you were you were quite forthright and you were not a mouthpiece of the team or particularly a mouthpiece of the director's um, but you weren't rude or disrespectful for the sake of it, because I think the easiest thing to do is just go on these things occasionally and just slag everyone off. But that's not very constructive in life. It doesn't get you anywhere. If someone perhaps has done something a little bit, um, you know, that needs perhaps to be uh, brought up in public or people should perhaps examine, that's fair enough. But being rude for the sake of it is not on. And you certainly weren't that. But you, like I say, but you were by no means... Um, instruments of the of the directors are just saying very nice things because you wanted to curry favour and I think that's perhaps why you've lasted so long because because you're not doom and gloom mongers but also you're not providing propaganda. Mm. Sheridan, that's absolutely perfectly put. You know, I never thought of it like that, but actually, I ah. I have you absolutely right, Sheridan. You're an absolute legend, and I love you to pieces. And thank you so much for coming on and saying lots of lovely things about us, but also uh, a little bit of a snippet of the Michael Ballack diaries, <laughs> for which I, I I will go to me to my grave. I love those things. I wish they'd bloody republish them on, on Football Three Six Five. It's you, they're impossible to find. You know that? Yeah, I know that. They they got taken over by Sky, and loads of old files got deleted, and I haven't even got them anymore because oh. they were. And they were written on an old computer. However, though, I tell you the truth is that I think it's like lost tracks of uh, of pop stars. If we went back and found them, they probably wouldn't be that funny. <laughs> oh no, no, I disagree, mate. I'm going to let you go, but that was brilliant. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and saying thanks. I really appreciate it, and hopefully, you and I will speak again soon. Absolutely, I look forward to it. Ciao, Bella. Bye, bye, bye. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Oh, great to hear from Sheridan again, and Michael Ballack, of course, and I like the fact that he nails the point that in amongst all of the chaos of the show, we remain balanced. 
We're not doom and gloom and we're not club propaganda. Obviously, Sheridan never listened to me rant on about Rafa Benitez for a year, but that said, I've always hoped we've been fair-minded, criticise when needed and praise the club when warranted. So, if Sheridan was on the first show, who was the fancaster who always thought he was on the first show? Well, that would be the senior half of what became known as the Blues Brothers, Stu and Chris Norman, with Chris also known as the Celery Terrorist. Right, uh, well, what can I say? Uh, um, A man who was the bedrock, I would say, of the Chelsea fancast for many, many years, until, like so many people on the Chelsea fancast, unlike its presenter, grew up and became an adult and got a proper job and married and all sorts of adult things. Although, of the early lot, I have to say, and all props and credit due to him, I still see him in the Cock Tavern before the matches, although, as ever, he tends to turn up just as we're all leaving. But then again, he always did. What a fabulous welcome to the wonderful Stu Blues brother Norman. Oh, Chid, it's, it's emotional. It is, isn't uh, it? Back onto the fan, uh, fan cast like that. I've never heard being a musician called a proper grown-up job before, but it pleases me that you're the first to say it. <laughs> well, you know, you told me you were leaving to do a proper job, so I had to take it on faith, mate. Yeah. I told my parents that as well. They've been waiting to hear that for years. <laughs> first <laughs> yeah. of all, how are you, dear boy? Yeah, very well. I'm baking hot in this beautiful summer sun and uh, really, really missing the football. It is, uh, you realise what a, an anchor it is in your life when it's gone, don't you? And um, filling the void with what I can, I suppose. You, well, yeah, indeed. I mean, what can you do? I mean, it, it's just, I, I mean, you know, obviously nothing nothing in our lifetimes ever ever uh, happened uh, before. Or as, as Donald Trump would say, people are dying who have never died before. So, you know, I'm experiencing things that I've never experienced before, although I might have experienced them before. But anyway, um, listen, Old Fruit, it's the, uh, you know, the 500th episode of the Chelsea Fancast, uh, a somewhat portentous occasion. Uh, but the, there's a large side of me that says that we probably still wouldn't have been here if it hadn't been for the likes of you. And and actually, I know this has been a bone of contention with you and I for many years, Um you know, because I know you used to say, tell, tell me this in the pub all the time, but well, I was on the first one with you, you idiot. Don't you remember? Of course, knowing full well that with, with me having a memory like a goldfish, I would probably forget. But actually, I have to tell you, Stu, there is cast iron proof that the first ever Chelsea fan cast that we did, uh, because, of course, DJ and a few others actually started this off. But the first one that was ever done was with me, Dr. Mart and Sheridan Bird. And then you were on on the second show. Okay, I'm always I'm always happy to be uh, to, to be corrected, uh, but see, my thought we spoke about this, and you said, "Oh no, Sheridan was on the first show," and I think I remember being on a really early show with Sheridan, and I probably didn't say much. I'm wondering if was I just on that, and you, you know, I I barely got a word in because I was just you know enjoying the whole thing, and maybe that was ten episodes in, and those had fallen off the radar, radar, or there was one Sheridan was on really really early, and that was the first one. Then subsequently, a little while later. I was on. I was on one with him, but I mean, it's it's academic. It's only my wounded pride. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll live. But um, I mean, yeah, happy days and uh, yeah, one wonderful memory. Yeah, I mean, actually, you're right because I found this out uh, from Sheridan actually uh, from the horse's mouth. But I'd forgotten this too. But he actually did come on quite a few early on. So I suspect that you were you were on. You know. Uh, a time when he kind of was on in the early days. I mean, the, the you know, look. I mean, we, we we'd all been. Uh, I mean, you know, and I've I've talked about this with Doctor Mart as well. Is that you know, if it hadn't been for your your dad, really, 
who bullied me into getting a season ticket again. But I, I, when I came back to Chelsea, thanks to Dr. Mart, it was uh, it was you guys, you know, you, Chris, Ross, uh, your dad, of course, who kind of, you know, be- became the crew that I hung out with at Chelsea, which was, for me, you know, wonderful. Because when, I, when I'd gone quite peripherally, you know, in the 80s and a bit in the 90s, you know, I didn't really have a, a mob of, of, of Chelsea fans to hang out with. So... I really, you know, it was it was the first time I really kind of sensed the Chelsea family. And that was long before we did the fan cast, of course, because we started in 2008. So we'd all been going to games together for, you know, six, six, maybe eight years before that, actually. Well, I had with you lot, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think that sort of crew, didn't it? I was going to say maybe late 90s, but certainly early noughties. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, um, uh, Dr. Mark, my dad and you through rowing, they're all rowing buddies. And uh, we've been sporadically with Martin up until sort of the, the early to mid nineties. We had a different crew, just who lived locally to us, and we were going with. Uh, and then um, was it? I guess when we started to, to uh, drink in the mall house, that um, that's that was the time our sort of peer groups changes. We sh- we flopped to a few new pubs, and that was it. Really. Well, actually, I think we were in. We, well, we start because actually that's the other thing, really, because I think the spirit of the podcast really started in the pubs. With how you, me, Chris, your dad all used to get very drunk and talk nonsense about football and sing a lot. More of that later. But um, yeah, it was the Wheat Sheaf. I think I remember the first pub we used to go to regularly was the Wheat Sheaf Boom, and, and the George and the George. Yeah, no, I love those places. Both, of course, are gone now. And the George particularly was a pub I thought we should have patronised more. It was a, a really good little sort of uh, atmospheric Chelsea boozer. The, the Wheat Sheaf was was decent enough, but. It, but we, we never had quite the same vibe in there. But you're right enough. It was even earlier on. Before that, we were drinking the Duke of Cumberland and the um, uh, and the Mitre, no longer a football pub at all. The Duke of Cumberland's still, still there, but I don't know how football it is these days. But yeah, right enough, the week chief. Yeah, I mean, I remember after a Leeds game, uh, midweek game, uh, and I just ended up with, I think we were waiting for you lot or something like that. But uh, I, I ended up in there with Chris, who was only about 16 at the time. And it got pretty hectic. Uh, a load of Leeds fans turned up with the sole intention of taking the pub. And, of course, a lot of the Chelsea lot in there, they weren't having that. And they all legged it out there. And Chris looked quite freaked out. I mean, he was only 16. And I said, tell you what, Chris, let's go to the bar and get another pint. <laughs> we just sat there and waited it out, uh, for which he was quite grateful at the time. Now, look, you turned up with good reason, actually, apart from all the obvious, which is kind of what we're talking about, very much part of the pre-fancast mob. Um, but, of course, we started the show... Uh, just before the uh, semi-final against Liverpool in the Champions League. And, of course, we won that. And then we ended up uh, playing Man United in Moscow. And, of course, you were the only one of our mob who was daft enough to go out to Moscow. So I I felt very privileged starting a show with somebody who was so nuts they were going to actually be... I couldn't go there because I was filming, if you remember. I I was denied the opportunity. And you came back with some great tales of, uh, of what Moscow was like, getting very wet the fan park, and uh, also getting kidnapped on a bus, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, classic gallows humour, I guess, that we had to make something of it. Actually, Pablo was there with me um, in, in Moscow, although he wasn't on, on that particular on that particular bus. But this is before Pablo was, was part of the podcast crew, I guess. Am I going to go through the, uh, the, uh, the hostage uh, bus thing with you? Should we do that? Are we going to go there? Do you want to do it? I'll do it. I'll do it. The, the very quick sort of uh, stripped back version is that um, we, of course, being in, being in Russia, if you've ever been, is like being on the moon or another planet because everything is so unfamiliar. Uh, there's nothing in English, nothing even that you can 
it, you can't self-navigate anywhere. So you suddenly realise how you take for granted that all Europeans speak English. And we're immediately set on, oh, my goodness, we better follow the rules or we're going to come into trouble. Uh, and the official guidance said, stick on the transport, which is official Champions League transport. So, of course, we did. Me and a couple of others marched onto this Chelsea badge uh, coach, which after about an hour and a half, two hours, we thought, this has taken a good old time. Um, I hope he knows where he's going. Uh, at which point he pulled into a uh, hard shoulder of the motorway, uh, went round to the uh, to the sleeping truck driver and woke him up. We thought, what the hell is he doing? It dawned on us he was asking for directions. It, what? Oh, great. So he gets back on and we drive around for another 45 minutes to an hour. And we were now getting a bit nervous and looking at the signs, which we were trying to guess. Oh, this looks like, you know, Moscow town centre right. And uh, he's missed that turning. Oh, hopefully, hopefully it wasn't that one, at which point he slows down pulls into the hard shoulder again. Oh, God, he's missed it. Um, I mean, what you would, you would do is go to the next junction and go back, wouldn't you? No, no. He reverses across four lanes of oncoming motorway Moscovite traffic with <laughs> cars veering around the back of him. People are running to the front by this point, banging on the glass. We're all going to die. People are making the last phone calls. Uh, and he never, doesn't quite make it to the, uh, to the turning before he realises we're going to tip the thing over. So he does go to the next junction. Gets off the junction and turns onto the motorway going out of Moscow town centre, at which point you can imagine a bus full of Chelsea fans who spent a thousand pounds near enough to go to this game and now getting thoroughly pissed off, banging on the glass again. What are you doing? We're going to miss the games. What does he do? We wish he hadn't asked. Because in this eight lanes of motorway traffic going away, he does a three point, well, not a three point, he tries to do a U turn across all eight lanes of traffic because there's no like concrete embankment to get back onto the motorway going the other direction. It doesn't quite make it. So <laughs> sort of crunch into the fourth lane. I mean, there are cars, you know, there's smoke in the air, his wheels are going full lock. And he thinks, I'm not going to make it. And does then a three-point turn, reverses into another four lanes of oncoming traffic to start going into town. At which point we're just thinking, the sooner we can get off this damn bus, the better. Another 45 minutes of driving and no clear progress happens. At which point he stops goes into a bus stop, waits for a bus to... He locks us in, the the, 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 uh, the coach, by the way. Look, gets out, beep, locks us all in, um, asking... It waits for a bus to arrive, at which point he's asking the bus driver directions to get there, at which point we broke out, made our way onto the... Um, uh, I don't know who was the clever bugger. We figured out how to break the door down, got out, got onto the, uh, the metro, the massive, intimidating, huge, unnavigable Moscovite uh, uh, metro, which is beautiful, by the way. And somehow found our way to the game. So that was uh, that was us getting kidnapped on the uh, Moscow coach. I mean, that, that, I remember I remember you telling that at the time. We were actually roaring with laughter. I mean, you know, actually, one of the, the I mean, I think that if I if you know if I'm if I think of you in terms of the fan cast, the the, the two things that I remember most fondly is the fact that you were, you know always a solid away presence you know you used to go to a lot of away games it was great hearing you talk about the tales from those but of course also uh the as the only one who could actually carry a tune apart from possibly chris and martin a massive contributor to what i'd forgotten about actually chris reminded me we're out to teach the world the way to sing where we would like inflict um a song on uh, the unsuspecting audience every week by this time really very pissed in putney station you remember that Always, always, yeah. And I always wondered what they thought of it down at the bar. And I mean, it's partly people are well to do and they're enjoying a, a nice meal downstairs as all of a sudden Ziggazagger come blasting down from the uh, top tier of the pub. And <laughs> they know some of the notes coming next. Uh, yeah, good, good times and um, good times and some good songs. Strolling. Um, 
Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we tried to get that happening, didn't we, in the, uh, in, in the terraces? I haven't really heard it much since, but yeah, those sort of classic Chelsea historic tunes, which only really we do. Like, no one else has 10 men went to Mo. I mean, I know West Brom do the liquidator, but, you know, it's nice to have a few non-identikit songs. Strolling's definitely one of those. Um, so what other kind of memories have you got? I mean, you were on it for a long, long old time, uh, mate, so, you know. Catharsis. I mean, it's just those moments walking out. We still get it now, of course. Moments you just, you're, on, you're in a media blackout mode. You don't want to turn on the radio. You don't want to read the papers because something horrible has happened in the game. Just thoroughly pissed off. And getting in, and, and as you know, we'd leave every podcast a few Guinness better off and uh, and laughing our heads off, no matter how dire. I mean, it never got that dire. We, we've been living a blessed life haven't we, since 2007. Yeah. But that doesn't change the hurt when things go wrong. It doesn't change the hurt when you get beaten in the last minute by by, by Tottenham, or not the hands often, ever. But, um, you yeah, know, those moments still really hurt, and we needed to pull each other through it, which was, uh, which was wonderful, great feeling. I remember the the uh, the year of hell, which is when we had Rafa in charge, and it all got quite mad. I, I think I lost the plot totally for a year, basically, just ranted for a year. Do you remember that year? Uh, uh, yeah, who couldn't? <laughs> who wouldn't remember that? I remember them that uh, he uh, he whose name shall not be spoken. The moment because there were rumours, weren't there? Rafa was going to be. I did it. Was going to be put in charge, and I was driving through Woking where I live, and I, the, the announcement came over the radio, and I had to pull over. I had to pull over, and my hands were shaking. A bit like but Ashley I, Cole. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, no, no. This is for Rafa when <laughs> when Rafa was in charge. So what, what did I miss? I said a bit like Ashley Cole when he said when he oh. found out he wasn't going to get a pay rise at Arsenal. Uh, yes, exactly. A lot like that. I know who he felt all of a sudden. But no, I, I was so angry. And I, if, truth be told, I'm not sure my heart of hearts have ever forgiven Roman for that because it just showed this misunderstanding of mm. what it all really means. And, you know, uh, Rafa could stand and say, I won you this cup, I won you that, whatever. And people will say, look at the results, they weren't that bad. But if, you, if that's how you think football works, you don't understand football. Yeah. It's about irrationality. If this was a rational sit down and look at the numbers game we wouldn't no one would love the game the way they do no one would spend every last penny they've got going to see it and that summed it up for me that he didn't get it at that time totally so i mean have you got any personal kind of favorite memories of the fan cast i i do and weirdly it was one of the rare ones in those days that i wasn't on and um it was another pull the car over moment right and uh you you must remember this you, john the john thomas reveal i mean which all on its own is a great uh <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue with John Thomas reveal. And um, John, for those who've missed all this on Facebook, uh, this uh, John Thomas had been um, trolling people, you know, he'd been sort of uh, being a bit mischievous, throwing out these uh, wild um, uh, opinions and stuff. And we've been talking about it for months and we're on the podcast. Oh, John Thomas has said it again, this and the other. And then one day I was listening to the podcast in the car and Joel <laughs> Tell goes, oh, I have to say, I am John Thomas. And your response was, ha, what? And my, <laughs> I had to pull the car over and I would laugh myself silly. It was brilliant housery from the man himself from Telltale. I loved it. It was He was so po-faced and kept that secret so well for so long. So that I, was, was fantastic. That was great. Good moment. I've, I've still got a very lovely photograph of you, me, Telltale, and Ross, I think, standing outside Wembley before the Chelsea-Liverpool Cup final with uh, you holding up a, a copy of The Sun uh, just in case any Liverpool fans were happening to watch it. 
And I often think of that when I work at Love Sport Radio, which, of course, is owned and run by the uh, the editor of the, the former editor of The Sun, Kelvin McKenzie. I often think of you in that photograph when we do that. That's good. Yeah, uh, can, I, can I just sort of mitigate my um, uh, endorsement of The Sun there? It's not something I would generally read. Uh, <laughs> I think there was, a point, there was a point to it in mitigation. Yeah, sure. Uh, and it is classic football shithousery again, isn't it? Uh, being, being the wind-ups. I mean, that's that's what we're good at as Chelsea, isn't it? Being wind-ups. Yeah. Uh, I've always been kind of proud of that. But. Absolutely. All right, mate. So, look, you know, uh, with or without you, we've... Uh, that sounds like a U2 song. Don't know how that crept Ooh. in. Um, yeah, I mean, with or without you, we, we've managed to, to kind of crawl along the line to 500 episodes, which I can't quite believe that I'm mad enough to still be... 12 years as well, mate, it has to be said. So what what do you think about that? Ah, oh, it's it's stunning, and I mean, this is a curious thing to claim because you've always been the driver behind it. Of course, this is your hard yards you put in, but I'm really proud of it. Yeah. I'm really proud of how 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 this this thing's done, and I can't pretend to have more involvement than just turning up and shooting my mouth off every week as I did. But but I, I loved it then, and I, I think it's it's just fantastic that it's had the endurance that it's had and just continue to grow and grow and bring together as as we know really personally firsthand, and other people will know sort of implicitly this huge, broad family of Chelsea fans. It's really broadened my horizons as to what it is to be a Chelsea fan, seeing the dedication and the love of people who, who come from the States, from Canada, from Singapore, from Thailand. Uh, and it's changed my perspective a bit on how, what it is to support and follow a football club. And um, yeah, the, the fan cast has been a huge, like full from a central point of, of that understanding for, for me and I'm sure for all those others as well. So it's just, it's done a wonderful job for 12 years and I'm so glad it's still doing it. Yeah, excellent. Absolutely spot on. Of course, you know that because, of course, you, as I said earlier on, you know, you, you still drink with us in the pub uh, before the game and the number of times people are coming up to us and going, oh, hello, yeah, you know, it's just, it blows my mind. It really does. And it's quite humbling too. Uh, Stuart, um, I'm humbled to have been able to do a podcast for that length of time with all of you lot. It's been a fantastic experience and you lot have all, in your own ways, completely enriched that. So I, I don't get the chance to say this enough, uh, but thank you for the massive contribution you played in that. Absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And so it's, 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 it's lovely to be a little sort of part of it again now. It's bringing back a lot of memories. And it's, uh, yeah, great time. Chris uh, Norman, also known as the Celery Terrorist, uh, also one half of the Blues Brothers, also son of the legend that is Psycho Phil. I mean, you know, your contribution... Uh, you and Stu's contribution, really, and Phil's contribution to the Chelsea fancast, certainly in the early days, should should not and will not be either underestimated or forgotten, Chris. So now I've given yeah. you a huge big up. You can return the favour. Thank you. I mean, I, I reckon like we're probably like the, uh, you know, me and Stu are probably the centre backs of the Chelsea team of like the mid eighties. You know? <laughs> we we kind of kept it. Kept you it are going. Doug Rugby. Yeah, not one well, no, those. Stu can be Doug Rugby. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind. I'll be Pat Nevin. Okay, that's you, you, there, you, there is more of a Pat Nevin about you, to be fair. Oh yeah, happy with that. Happy with that. Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon so. Can't do the Scottish accent anymore, but uh, you yeah, got the haircut. Bit new romantic. Well, obviously this is a uh, this is an isolation haircut, so uh, <laughs> this is the best I can manage at the minute until I go chop it myself. This is brilliant for radio. It is, isn't it? I, you know, I, I'm 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 struggling to remember how you you turned up to do the podcast because I, I'd kind of known you guys when I when I kind of came back to the Chelsea fold uh going with Dr. Martin he introduced me to your dad and then obviously you two were always around and, and the likes of Ross and Pablo so I, we'd known each other for a little while but I can't I can't remember 
I can't, well, number one, I can't remember how I got you involved. But number two, I can't remember why I didn't get you involved from the beginning. Well, I think like it's always a, a bone of contention, more for Stu than for me, like how early on we're, we're in. I think like we're still involved in like maybe podcast two, three or four or like a couple in. So mm. I, I don't really know. But like I do remember like sometime like when the podcast was properly in full swing, we tried to do a little uh, uh, a little family tree. It was like a who do you think you are and how how do we all know each other? And it was it, it just got so complicated. It's, you know, Venn diagrams upon Venn diagrams. Uh yeah, I don't really know. Um, I guess it was a uh, who who were you drinking with at the time after games? Because yeah. that's what the early podcasts literally were. They were. You, know, you would they? storm storm off to the pub after a game, either really happy or really sad. Set up set up the mics, have a couple of Guinnesses, maybe a pizza if you could you know could swing it. And it was quite it was a bit more visceral. Yeah, it was quite visceral, wasn't it? I think you can figure out why 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 tv people are so keen to interview managers and players directly after the games when the emotions are running high so that's what i remember most about the kind of what did was it always at the putney station early doors or was there somewhere else between, between no 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 we we always did it at putney station because i was living i was yeah. living around the corner at the time and uh I, I i was you know drinking there quite a lot and i got to know the, the lovely girl emma who ran it mm. And uh, I, put, I pitched the idea of allowing us to do a podcast there, and she was well up for it. And she gave us that funny little alcove, if you remember. Yeah. And, and we used to command that area. But you're right. When we first started doing it, we uh, we were doing it um, right after the match. So I would like dump the gear in Putney Station before the match, head off to the pub, have a few before the match, do the match, head straight back to Putney Station. And and as you said, Chris, it was it was nuts. If we'd lost. It was just unbelievable. And the, the the worst we got beaten, although we didn't get beaten very much in those days, to be fair, but we would get more drunk. And actually, we'd get drunk whether we won or lose, because, of course, you know, uh, win or lose, we're on the booze. But I do remember we used to get very drunk and very emotional and very visceral, as you said. And I think that's possibly why I ended up moving it to a Sunday night or a Monday night, because it it just got too crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was absolutely. F- I think it was perfect for what it was and when it was before, uh, b- before the listenership like really got, you know, got got that large, and m- maybe we couldn't get away with sort of chewing pizza into microphones and and you know dropping c bombs quite as often as we were, and of course, I, I, massive props to the guys from uh, and girls from Putney Station. They probably thought they could give us that alcove because the sound wouldn't travel and upset the rest of the pub but that's before we introduced uh we're out to teach the world the way to sing and we just upset the pub anyway but i i mean they were always they were there was never a you know never a bad word from them and that i think they accepted that was part of it and we were kind of yeah we, we were regulars and kind of accepted into that well we used to, we used to spend a fortune in there in, in bar bills if you remember because we we yeah. used to drink a lot all of us on the show it was great i mean they ended not up the cheap not the cheapest pub in putney either that's for sure no pints of peroni well over five quid a pint and that was back then but mm. they, they ended up moving us i think you'd probably uh left the fold by then but they ended up moving us downstairs very near the garden in the last kind of incarnations we had of it <clears throat> oh, i do remember yeah, you do yeah, remember that was, yeah Okay, so yeah. what 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 do you remember? You know, if you've got any kind of choice memories from doing the show, what would they be? Gosh, um, there's. I mean, there's loads. I mean, um, yeah, lots of them w- would probably be, maybe, yeah. When you did get when you were kind enough to bring a script and not leave it at home, <laughs> um, 
I, th I think some of the first times we started reading out, and that's surreal for me, like reading out uh, emails and messages from people all the way across the world, and especially uh, watching Chow Tell trying to pronounce their names. I think you always <laughs> deliberately picked um, anyone from west of uh, Berlin. You'd get Chow Tell to read out their name, and it always cracked me up. West um, of Fulham, more like. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but it was so surreal to think, why is this, you know, you know why is this person from Indonesia, you know, care about what we have to say about football? You know, yeah. we're, we're essentially like, you know, I know, I know for you, it's quite different because you've got the, uh, you've got the uh, TV background, but for, for much of us, it was a, it was a group therapy. Um, we got to watch, you know, we'll talk about the games directly after the games, complain about decisions before we've seen the replays to prove us wrong. And we were just indignant, <laughs> angry, or really happy. Um, and yeah, there, there, there's something really kind of raw and, uh, and unedited of that, which you probably couldn't get uh, on, on on many podcasts these days. And, you know, it, it was, you know, I'm sure we crossed some lines, but um, it was it was always it was always coming from a good place. You know what? You're, you're right. I, I've often, you know, I've, I've still got all the episodes backed up somewhere and, and people do often say to me, oh, why don't you why don't you put them up on, on the platforms that we put them up now? And uh, I kind of think back. And it's hard to remember a lot of them because, as we've said, we used to drink an awful lot. But we used to just let rip. And the swearing and some of the... I mean, you know you know what's happened in society where where things that, that were said, say, 20, 30 years ago are now deemed completely social, socially unacceptable. Well, I think some of the things that we were saying on a podcast 10, 12 years ago would now be deemed completely socially unacceptable and probably have me locked up. So yeah. I've always erred on the side of caution about putting perhaps the first 200 episodes up. And I'm sure I'd be just as guilty. After all, I am my father's son. Indeed. And uh, he's offended anyone he's ever spoken to. So, uh, um, so yeah, no doubt there. But, but yeah, it was, it, was, it, it was really fun. We got to... And we're kind of making things up on the fly as well, like new new segments would appear and disappear. I'm sure we ran out of songs to teach the world. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, Chelltel's stories, uh, you know, were were a particular highlight. You know, sometimes you weren't quite sure where they were going, and sometimes I'm not sure he was either. But they always ended up with a laugh. You know, either 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 laughing at the times we were meant to laugh, or laughing at the times we weren't meant to laugh. Um, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, it was yeah, it was very pure and uh, very fun. It was, and I mean, I think you know, Ross Ross said this to me the other day when I spoke to him about it all, and he said, it, "Yeah, of course, you know, the podcasts were, were great and everything." But he said, "Don't forget, you know, that none of it would have happened if we weren't all going to the games together and having an absolute riot at the games." And he he kind of picked up on a few games. Of course, he he couldn't resist but mention the one. Uh, where we were, I think it was the Villa semi-final, where you'd got so battered in the Victor in the in the Queen Vic before the game that you spent most of it kind of half-conscious, apart from when a bad decision or a goal happened, and you would be up like Father Jack. Sorry to remind you of that, Chris. And of course, M Munich, I think, was probably you know the great. I, I in a sense, I think you know if if I you know look at the podcast in two halves. In a sense, that was that was the end of the beginning of the podcast. I think when we all went to Munich and and enjoyed everything that happened then. I think. I mean, I might need to pull you up on this because lots of people always talk to me about Munich. As if you I weren't there, there, I, I know. I know you weren't there. I know you weren't there. <laughs> and it, not that I'm bitter or anything. Yeah, but, but you uh... were. You were. You were. Of course. You, you see, here's the thing. I know you weren't there, but 
I remember being in the Munich airport at about three in the morning, waiting for some drunken Chelsea fan to turn up because they refused to, to to leave before he turned up, getting a text or a message from you on my phone of some footage of everybody in Fulham Road climbing on the buses, yeah. on the double-decker buses. So you weren't there, but you kind of were there in spirit. And I know you well, were you were at the semi-final in the Hand and Flower. I was, and it's actually also, I think I watched the final in the Hand and Flower as well. And it was really fitting that I was actually watching it with a couple of people I met through the podcast. So I think that was Steve Byrne and Johnny T. Oh, so yeah. I think like on top of just all the kind of fun times we've had, uh, you know, getting drunk and forgetting the podcast we've done, it's the, you know, it's the people you've met. So, uh, you know, meeting the San Diego Blues, meeting... Because um, you went uh, out to the States, didn't you? I went out to the States, got, um, yeah, um, a couple of the San Diego Blues. We watched a Everton game, I think, I think it was the one we lost on penalties and... Uh, no, or, or last-minute equaliser. And to cheer me up, they took me across the border to Mexico to watch a Mexican football game, which was terrifying and fun. Um, and just ha- yeah, how odd to be to be known in a place that you've never been, never thought you'd ever go. And I know you've been there too. Mm-hmm. So like the hospitality you get just from the fact that people know your voice, like they don't even know your face. I mean, you know, I know we did some stuff on TV at some point, some video stuff there, but. Yeah, I think it's it's really humbling to kind of know that you've, you know, you've you've brought something. It might not have been a great deal of knowledge or real uh, insight, but entertainment at the very least mm. to people on the other side of the world who will actually go out their way and and find you. So you know, you've got people like Cliff, who, you know, come over, you know, and you know, still good friends with him, and very just that's really surreal. It is, isn't it? What it came out of. Yeah, it's my greatest joy of doing it. Actually, it's the people that we've met and the people that have become friends. Uh, with us all and I mean I can say and, and I, you know t- I can see you because we're doing this on Zoom so I should probably utterly embarrass you now but I mean you haven't been on the show for a few years let's be honest and yeah I still have people getting in touch with me oh you know how are Chris and Stu how are the Blues Brothers what are they up to you know so oh. yeah you know so whatever we did it, it, it got into people I think and uh, and I think you're right the, 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 the reverse of that is also true they've all got into us and I think that's I mean, I shouldn't really be saying this, but that's why I think this bloody thing is special because of the relationships that we've made. And you, my friend, are very, very much part of that. And you, you're very much part of what made it such fun to do. And I, I miss you terribly on the show, but it's lovely talking to you now. Oh, and you too. I mean, like, I mean, there's, I, I don't know when the last time everyone has been, everyone from the podcast has been in the same room together. Yeah. Obviously, we still bump into each other at, at certain times. I even occasionally bump into my brother. Not all that often, but uh, he's normally out playing a, uh, playing guitar with genesis guys and things you see we we need to do that i mean obviously it's a bit inconvenient at the moment because we're not actually allowed outside let alone in a pub but i think maybe when this is all over we need to do a big reunion get absolutely battered yeah does the punny station bastard exist no no it it, it, no we've outlasted them mate it's it's well we've that yeah i think one of the tougher things about you know about chelsea over the last 10 years even when i was going is just the rate at which pubs would either close or change, mm, yeah, um, yeah. and and that does that that does end up kind of not breaking up friends groups, but you know sometimes I think for many years that we had the same pub you go to before every game and having those routines and like routine is so central to football. That's kind of what you know that's what Suggs sung about, wasn't it? You know, meet mates, have a drink, and all that kind of stuff, and that's definitely true. But yeah, I mean even like the gentrification of the area and the way football has changed is kind of making it harder and harder. Oh, just people's lives getting in the way. Mm. Mm. Uh, 
harder and harder to find that you know, you know what is what is the place to be now yeah well you see you, you lot all grow up you see that's that's why you're not on it anymore you've all got lives to lead now when i when i first got you on there you were still kids basically i had already not grown up so i was too late to be redeemed in a sense but at least you lot went off to go and grow up and have proper lives you just reminded me of something actually remember that video we made uh, in the maltster i found it yes. the other week yeah you oh, stu- wow. you stew and uh Pablo and Ross and your dad and Martin, and we ended up in the in the sober. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on me. It's on yeah. my Vimeo channel. I'll send you a link. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Chris, I'm going to wrap it up, but I just wanted a, a personal thank you, as I said, for your massive contribution to Chelsea fancast history, and and let's hope we catch up for a beer or ten soon. Yeah. Yes, that'd be brilliant. And of course, Chidge, I'm sure everyone's saying this to you, and I'm sure you won't edit it out because it's praise for you. Like, what an incredible job you've done! It's, uh, you know, you've you've you brought all of us together, uh, and you brought all of Chelsea together. So, like, you are resp- singularly responsible for for friendships and joy dating back. I don't want to know how many years. Twelve. Five hundred episodes equals how many years? Well, it's twelve years, mate. Twelve years, and that's that's in- that's incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's been a labour of love, and I've I've seen you. Uh, battling with a microphone swearing at equipment um <laughs> your, your little case you used to take out with all your microphones in you said some of the language that kind of uh yeah yeah and <laughs> a lot of work you put in is uh, uh is incredible so uh, well done well thank you man great stuff away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. There you go. Win or lose, we're on the booze, drunken singing and therapy. That probably sums up Chelsea fancast very well from the Putney Station era, or maybe that was just the Blues Brothers. By the way, Chris was nicknamed the Celery Terrorist after we engaged in a mass celery fight in the Blackbird Pub in Earl's Court, celebrating an FA Cup triumph. 
and I capture the moment in a pic on my phone, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now, uh, our next two guests were probably the quietest fancasters, but certainly the most fair-minded lads we've had on the show, and were much loved over the years. Pablo, or Paul, I still don't know why he's called Pablo, brought a quiet intellect and analysis to the shows, plus an ability to drink all evening. He may have been quiet, but I can guarantee that he was usually behind any skullduggery to scupper me and my efforts to get too much up my own arse. Ross had an uncontrollable giggle, a head for stats, and even had his own song. All together now? Ross Mooring, Ross Mooring, celery is nothing to be scared of. Ross, Ross the boss, scared of celery, but we love you. <laughs> Ross, it's been far too long since you've been on the Chelsea fancast. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, all things considered. Um, uh, it has been a while, you're right. Um, good couple of years, I would have thought. Um, but of course, the, the podcast has gone through so many iterations over the years. There's, uh, it really has evolved. And everything's done by Skype nowadays, which... Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm currently doing for the first time in a long time. I know needs must. I mean, you know, we had to move out from the uh, the smoke, uh, but there you go. Such is life. Um, so you know, it's our 500th anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So, you know, you you were. I mean, I'm just trying to trying to think. Do you know when you first came along for the fan cast? Um, I think it was within the first year you were doing it, not necessarily the first season. So it was about 2008, I want to say. Yeah, we started in we started in April two thousand and eight, just before the Liverpool uh, semi final in the European Cup. Yeah, I, I think I'd been coming to the pub for a while before then because uh, Chris Norman and I knew each other um, prior back in the early days of Facebook groups and etc. Mm. So that would have been in Putney Station, of course, when we used to do it in the little alcove. So, you know, there, there was us and there was the benches and there was a lot of alcohol usually. Did you ever, were you ever there for when we used to do it right after the matches? Because I can't remember. Yes. I mean, I, I think I was, uh, you know, we were doing that version of the, the show for about four years, weren't we? Because we, we went through all the way past Munich. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a long time and it was a very memorable time. Uh, Putney Station Bar was amazing looking back on it now and it was it was great to do those shows live I and mean, it really it it was the it was the best part of our weeks apart from the actual football <laughs> which fortunately we can say these days was was winning football yeah um whereas i think if we'd done the fan cars back in the 90s or something it might have been slightly more depressing for well uh... well even then we were good of course but yeah yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it would have been a very different show. But, I mean, we used to melt down hugely. And, of course, that's why I ended up moving it to Monday nights because we were just too pissed to do the show, frankly. Too yes. pissed or pissed off. That was that was one of the things I, I sort of noted down when you, when you texted me was uh, um, there was one season where we recorded after home games on the weekend, whether that was the Saturday or the Sunday. And, you know, we, we would have been drinking all day, especially with an early kickoff. <laughs> Drinking through the game, drinking after, then coming back to Putney. It was uh, it was carnage a lot of the time. <laughs> That's a really good word for it, mate. Carnage. So come on then. What what's what are some of your best memories? Best best. Uh, well, just best moments. Best memories, really. Yeah. Well, there were there were quite a few from from um, you know not just Putney Station Bar, but from around that time. But uh, getting so drunk that season, I, I remember there was one podcast where, for whatever reason, we were especially hammered. Like, <laughs> all of us, to a man, 
completely blotto. Um, Paul, our good friend Paul, was in a really bad way. <laughs> and at one point, um, I Kiri Christenu, is yeah, that how Christ he? You, yeah, yeah. Um, this, I mean, he's been a, a long time listener. Of course, he's now probably in his twenties. I expect. Yeah, he was about eleven when we started. Yeah, remember he? And used he to, yeah, he used to. F- he emailed to... in, and we had a you know that email out uh, reading out section where we all did it individually. And he was saying, yeah, he wanted to come over to the game, and we said yes, we'd look after him. And of course, just sort of. Uh, imagining how that would be um you had to cut half an hour out of one show because we were all <laughs> conversing on how to give kiri a pint aged 12 years old yes. and uh, yeah in one of your wiser moments I, I i mean i know yours wasn't a, a forgiving job having to cut out so much so much rubbish sometimes <laughs> Yeah. And of course, there was that one show where we did an absolutely amazing show. And as soon as you clicked off, you, you sort of piped up and said, oh, no, I don't think this one is recorded. <laughs> and it was forever known as the Phantom Podcast because we all had such a good time. But there's, there's no record of it. I, um, you know what? I remember that. That was when I'd come back from Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, it was, it was on my birthday, too. And I had all these great stories from L.A. and what I'd been up to. It must have been in 2009. And I came back and we did this. Did you see right. Michael Roban? Yeah, yeah. I'm still in touch with him. Are we play you? in a lot of uh, fantasy uh, NFL leagues together, rather sadly. He's doing all right. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him for a while, actually. I, I owe him a call. So there you go. So if if there was a kind of a, a one thing and one thing alone that you remember from, from doing the Chelsea fan cars, what would it be? Um. Well, uh, I, I, so many to, uh, to talk about. Um, with with the show i mean that that was the the crux of it apart from just making so many friends and everything like that but actually doing the shows at the time um some of the hilarity just just came from absolute randomness both from ourselves and from our our dear listeners and many of whom got in touch and i remember quite early on with the the letters um segment of the show you know everyone around the table uh cheltel stewart mark Chris, Paul, myself would read out one missive at a time. And there was one when we were just getting these sort of regular listeners, one show where, you know, whoever stopped, read the first one out, it was a, a letter from Engels Zapata. Then it was followed by, you know, Ren Ganjaran. I, I always forget how to say his name, Srivanithan. Yeah. Um, who was, a, you know, a good listener. Apologies for forgetting your name badly wrong, I'm sure. We used to do it uh, in the past, so it's probably okay. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, it got round and after two or three letters, we were just creasing up, struggling to keep a a straight face. (laughs) And, uh, the next letter, I think I was reading out, um, and it was someone from someone called Avin Polos. Do you remember him? Yes, yes, yes. So by this stage, we've got, we've got through three or four really bizarrely, um, you know, funny to the English ear names. And, uh, we were just, we just couldn't control us you know no one was able to speak for more than half a sentence yeah you know what i tell you what actually that's a really good generic memory i I, you know i I do remember that we would corpse so much we would just be there was the manang 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 and manang message from indonesia as well that became a huge meme yeah yeah. we kind of invented memes we did memes before they were memes didn't we exactly yeah. yeah we went viral before 
uh, anything went well. Uh, I guess bad choice of words, funny enough. Yeah, well, indeed. We went viral before the coronavirus. Say it, Ross. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but not, we weren't quite as nasty. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Oh, mate, good memories. I, enjoy, I enjoyed having that quick chat. Um, so, finally, what would you like to say on our 500th appearance episode um, show? Yeah, what you will. Can, congratulations. I mean, it, it was. it's always been a good show through its various iterations. You know, the TV years as well, which was... Uh, which was a funny old time. <laughs> um, you know, the occasional podcasts in Dr. Mart's front living room, those were always crackers. Uh, just going to games. I mean, we kind of forget we're all Chelsea fans yeah, hanging out yeah, together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, without trying to dwell on too many memories, it, it was really all about the friendships that we made, both between all of us as a group and all of our listeners who came over and, and the ones, you know, we, we got to know via social media and all that um and then more specifically the great away trips that we would sometimes do together i know you and i did a lot with uh, cliff cravello yeah. um and these are people that I, i'm sure you're in touch with even now especially at the moment i, I messaged cliff the other day you know just to say hello because he wasn't um at the wedding and paul uh, which was paul's wedding the other day which you and i were both at saw each other for the first time in a few years mm. darren as well and sam poplett um so really it's the show is is a part of chelsea law i would say i mean if if nothing else that we've developed so many friendships and really it's a, it's a podcast family and um you know there are too many people for for us to all name really um but they know who they are and it was just such a privilege and um you know, it was so nice to be able to meet these people and, and make friendships and, you know, have fond, you know, common memories with Chelsea. This is before even talking about winning matches, being in Munich, you know, the Wembley games we were at where um, Chris got so drunk that one time and only <laughs> yes. stood up. Um, and that was the Villa FA Cup semi-final. Only stood up when the referee made a bad decision um and munich was something else and being able to sit with paul and and dr mark myself there um you know all the people who made the trip all the people who watched on the bars at in the bars at, at stanford bridge you know there's there's just so many shared memories and the memories really only come from being with with one another whether that's a skype interview or, or a text or doing a podcast together or having a pint before the game um you know a few two a few pints too many over the years, if you think about it in those terms. Oh, mate, it, it certainly was. Well, look, Ross, you know, thank you so much for those lovely words. They mean an awful lot. And uh, I should thank you too for being such a major part of Chelsea Fancast and its history over the last, well, 12 years now, but 500 shows. And of course, mate, you are always welcome back whenever you want to be on the show. Well, the, well, the content's going to be running dry now. So, uh... well, well, indeed. Why do you think <laughs> you, I'm doing this? You know, this? in desperation mode, you can have me on at uh, any time. <laughs> Why do you think I'm doing this, mate? So having to think of something to say. <laughs> oh, I thought it was some sort of 500th episode special, but uh, that is a fantastic achievement, and well done to you. I mean, I know much ha- how much work goes into As it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. mate. Oh, cool. good to speak to you, man. And uh, and yeah, stay stay safe. Stay safe, Ross. And up the chels. Up the chels. Okay, uh, we've got uh, on the uh, on the line. Uh, well, I I I used to call. Uh, Pablo, my consigliere, when I was on the supporters' trust, but I mean that could also apply to when we did the podcast uh, back, even back in the early days in Putney Station, 
when uh, we had said something that even by those days standards was probably would have got us locked inside and Pablo would lean over and say, Chid, Chid, you've got to edit that out, mate. You can't, can't say that. So I probably, I probably owe him my life, if not my freedom, but delighted to see you, mate. How are you? Yeah, all good, thank you, Chidge. Um, yeah, all good. <laughs> now, of course, as you know, because you and I have had this argument in the pub for years and years and years, uh, I've already spoken to Stuart, who's finally backed down and recognised that he was not on the first show. <laughs> um, but it's quite interesting, because obviously I've talked to all the all, all the boys from the old days, and, uh, you know, that the recognition is is that you were always around, but it took a while for you to, to actually really jump on board is i my memory's very hazy largely because we drank so much but could set, set the record straight pablo no i think that's right i think i was i was generally about but remember that i was um i was living up in Scouseland at the time so i sort of wasn't always always present and correct or whatever it was only really like i was only really on it regularly firstly when we were doing it after the games and then secondly when i was in guildford and it moved to the monday nights in the in um, the punty station bar so when, when did you? So you would have been there, really? I reckon about kind of two thousand and nine, actually, pretty early days. Yeah, yeah, two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine, and that does sound about right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, you know, five hundred episodes—that's that's a lot of uh, water under the bridge, so to speak. I mean, you, you, I remember being on some very, very funny episodes with you. But I mean, do you have any kind of fond memories, highlights? So, I mean, my my main highlight probably from. Um, from Putney Station, where the things that you probably didn't approve of, which basically me, Darren, Ross, and the Norman brothers, or a combination thereof, just trying to wind you up um, and trying to get you to to absolutely snap, and just finding it very funny. And there are all sorts of kind of courting incidents under the table or whatever, where where you would finally lose it, and that was all good fun. But on a like, and yeah, that was kind of one of our one of our aims for a while. But um, on a more serious note, actually, I think as as it became a, a more serious thing, I suppose when um, getting profile people onto the show, so so journalists, and particularly the show that you and I did with them um, with Neil Ashton and Rob Shepherd and others with an audience, I think that was kind of a, a real trailblazer for what the fancast went on to do, really. Yeah, I remember around that time we also we we also did one on, on the CPO, which was yeah pretty full on actually. We really treated it quite seriously, and I forget that actually. We I mean you know we, we've had some crazy guests on. I mean uh, there are ones that I remember very vividly, and then I have to kind of scrabble around like people like Martin Knight and uh, and um, John, John, John King. King. Yeah, yeah, you know we had them on a couple of times actually. But uh, you're right, we had Neil Ashton on and Martin Lipton all sorts haven't we so it's just not yeah. it's easy to forget when you've done so many but uh yeah yeah it's something to be proud of actually so you know what what you know i mean this is for, for very it's actually this is kind of almost a repeat of the, the, the chat that i had with Stuart and chris and and others like that uh that basically uh i lost you all and i mean you know it would be easy for me to say well obviously just i just pissed you off so much that you couldn't stand doing it anymore but actually, the reality was you all got older and grew up and started to have proper lives and got married and stuff. So, you know, we haven't had you on for a while, but the door's always yeah. open, mate. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. If we ever get any football again. Well, if we ever get any football <laughs> again. But so what do you think of us hitting 500? Tant- the longevity is tantamount to your work ethic, I think, more than anything else, and your, your perseverance. And actually, the fact that it's a good product that people, that people enjoy and 
it's almost become a bit of a staple, I know, to a lot of people who support Chelsea, and particularly those who, who don't go to the games quite so frequently. And actually to see it kind of morph and reincarnate itself repeatedly into various different guises is, is really impressive. And uh, I, don't know about, I don't know if you're hoping for 500 more, but I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are. Well, I've said to many people that I've spoken to to do this show, I've worked out that if, if we did another 500, given that it's taken 12 years to do the first 500, I'll be 67, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I'll be doing it on a Zimmer frame, on Braille or something like that. But who who knows? Who knows? I mean, I mean, the reality is, mate, and I think I think that this this you, you were very much uh, part of the halcyon days of the show, really. But uh the thing that I, I've, en- I've enjoyed most of all was the fact that, you know, we drank lots, we had a real laugh, and it was proper mates who, who actually all did go to the games together. And I've been looking through a few of the old photographs uh, for, for the, you know, to kind of put up when we, we stick it out. And mm. the number of photos I've got uh, that I've come across of like you, me and Martin, or you, me and Stu, or you, me and Darren at games, Wembley in particular, actually, a lot of Wembley photos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I seem to remember you keep promising to share those photos and they never actually materialise. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, now there's no football, Pablo. I can, I can spend my time constructively okay. digging them all out. And I promise I promise you faithfully I can do that. Because apart from everything else, mate, it, it's, it, it's a fantastic opportunity to say thank you hugely for your massive contribution, not just on the fan cast, because I know that... You know, because you you were always the voice of reason on the fan cast amid the lunacy going on. Even though I do know you were, uh, or obviously like trying to to wind everybody up as well. But also the huge work you did on the Sporters Trust, which uh, we all kind of like leaped on when that turned up. A lot of the big fan cast presence on mm. the trust, and you were very instrumental in that. And I thank you for that too. Hey, cheers, and then thank you for for all that you're doing with this. And the other thing we we didn't I didn't mention in terms of the sort of fond memories were there with a kind of movement into the into the year or so of, of television as well, which actually um, kind of opened up a few other things. And actually, from my own point of view, um, led me into the beautiful game as well, actually. So, yeah, there you go. You can probably claim some credit for that. I forgot to mention the beautiful game, actually. That's a really good point. And uh, do say hello to Loza for me. And, of course, that that's become our, our signature tune because you lot... You lot uh, very generously allowed us to use that track. So thanks to you and The Beautiful Game and Loza, of course. Yes, The Beautiful Game. How remiss of me not to mention them or even get a clip from them. But Loza and Jason appeared several times on the show and definitely brought their rock and roll lifestyles with them when they did. This is a good opportunity to thank them for letting us use their track Getting By But Only Just as our signature tune at the beginning and end of each show. I always felt that the title Getting By But Only Just suited Chelsea fancars perfectly and kind of summed up our approach in a way. Now, while Dr. Mart, Stu, Chris, Ross and Pablo were very much my partners in crime on a match day, they were obvious choices for doing the podcast with. Others, though, had to work their way up from the benches, or what we called the benches, in honour of the concrete seats in the old lower tier of the West Stand. When we recorded the shows in Putney, and also in the TV shows, several regulars would turn up just to listen, heckle and have a drink with us. Some even came from the USA, Canada, Australia, Sweden and even Brazil to sit on the benches. One or two even got promoted to be a fancast regular, like Darren Dazzamental Mantle. Right, so uh, Darren Dazzamental, my goodness gracious me! I mean, I think it would it would be too uh, unfair to say, Darren, that you were you have been one of the most popular 
regulars on the on the Chelsea fancast down the line. You'll, I can see you nodding in appreciation of <laughs> of the shameless blowing smoke up your ass. But it's true, <laughs> people people loved you on the show. I can't for the life of me fathom out why you used to drive me yeah, up the me wall. Boy. But everybody loved you, mate. But no, <laughs> lovely to talk to you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. Um, yeah, not too bad, mate. And I do miss it. I didn't purposefully stop doing the show. It just life gets in the way. I do want to be back on it sometime soon, mate, as you know. The door's always open, you know that. Although, of course, these days it's down a bloody Skype or Zoom line, so it's all changed a bit since you were last on. But uh, what do you what do you remember about it? Because I think we, we, we kind of grabbed hold of you. You used to come down and sit on the benches and abuse me from afar, didn't you? And then we, we, we gradually brought you into the main show, as I remember. Yeah, well, I I knew I know you and everyone else through um the Blue Yank. Mm. Um so that's how it all started for me. I had a ticket, he needed a ticket, and um Cliff was then coming down to the show and he told me to come along with him, so I did. And then yeah, like you say, I was on the benches for a while and then one Monday night you needed I think someone dropped out and I'd I can't remember who we played. We played away to someone. I'd been to the match. You'd had someone drop out. So by default, really, you asked me to uh, step in. And um, you've never been able to prize that mic off me since. Well, apart from when you buggered off because you grew up and had oh, better things to do. Which for I for three years, you couldn't prize it off me. I reckon it must be good. <laughs> Is that fair? Was it three years I was on the show for? Oh, was I, it I, think, I, think, I think more than that, mate. I mean, you know, you were, you were on well before Munich. And mm-hmm. you was still on it um when we were doing it on TV I think you bailed yes. out and you and you were doing it in the flat when we moved into yes, the flat in Pimlico yeah, yeah yeah I think you bailed out when I when I had to move back to Winchester when would that have been yeah okay so 2016 I don't think I was still doing it when Conte when we were on the link other end but yeah so it'd have been about 2011 till 2016 maybe then it's not bad that's not a bad run. Not a bad run. I think I'm also very pleased to hear that actually my policy of recruiting from the benches, my squad rotation clearly yes. worked. I, I was as, always as good as my word. If you impressed me on the benches, you did get a chance in the end. <laughs> it was good that you don't try and stifle talent. You're like Lampard. You want to promote people from within. Promote the youth. Like... I think the other connection we have with you, of course, is that, um, you know, with Pablo particularly, you were very much responsible for all the flags and the banners at Chelsea and getting the big crowd surfers going and the uh, Matthew Harding end. And, of course, CFC UK. Yes, both true as well. So the... oh, that's the point. Yeah, it would have been way before that. Yeah, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. CFC UK and then the whole um, say no CPO thing as well. Um, I was doing the fan cast for that as well. So, yeah, I mean, before I thought it was. Um, I don't really know what happened with that with Pablo. If that's how he got into it or not. I can't remember if he got into it because I was doing it. Denise and I needed someone to live with us. Pablo lived there and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it ended up the fan cast seemed to ingrain in my life, really, because, like I say, we had. Pablo living with us as well. Every Chelsea match day, we'd be down the. Uh, how have I already forgotten? Hand on flower um, before or after the match, the Rose and Crown. Um, you know, and various different pubs around. So when we were doing it properly, it was um, it was fantastic. Um, I, the best time for me was always Putney Station, where we could just drink and drink and drink, and we'd get there early. You would always have to set up. Yeah. So I think you had a job during the day, so you'd always set up. So we would already be drinking. Um, 
newbie setting up, you'd invariably be swearing it was all about something. Then you'd get annoyed about the C word, so I'd use it excessively because it <laughs> took ages for you to have to um, edit it out of anything. So, and then there was, um, yeah, there was um, the main, I can't remember the, the main people worked on it. It was Ross, it was Celery Terrace, you, Cheltel, Dr. Mark. It was really on rotation, like about five or six hours, wasn't it? You yeah. Just, yeah, Lauren. You yeah. Yeah, and then Chatter started coming along sometimes. Yeah, after yeah, that, yeah, and things changed. We did the move to the studios. So yeah, yeah, that was to me the best time when we had the old celery moments and the Guinness moment and everything else, and we would sing a lot. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. strolling every week. Happy memories. I I have two my two overriding. Well, I, I think three overriding memories of your involvement with it. <clears throat> I think one is. Um, my favourite one, really, is when when we we won our first football blogging award, which in was Stockport. Yeah, by the Hat Factory, Darren, two thousand and twelve. <laughs> and of all the people that I asked to go, only you, you and Chell Tell were brave enough to accompany me to a trip up to Stockport, let alone Manchester. And we all stayed in a Premier Inn, and we were too tight to to buy more than one room, so we had two beds in this room. And you, you, because you're such a trooper, actually, mate. You, I, I, me and Tell, because we're old, both got the two beds, and you slept on the floor. And then we went down the next morning to find out that the entire hotel was uh, populated by transvestites. Do you remember that? Um, no, actually, I don't remember seeing. They were, the floor. mate. You I don't, don't remember, remember that. transvestites. It's true. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised you don't remember a lot of this because at, on the awards, do. <laughs> awards do we we got so battered uh obviously we were very happy because we'd won and it was fantastic but we uh we ended up swerving the after party because tell and i didn't like it because it was too noisy in the club and we went for a drink with johnny uh johnny one leg and the rhino yes yeah yes yes and they invited us down to this dodgy pub in droylsden and we yeah. went down there and we walked in and the whole place just went silent. It was like it was like from American Werewolf in London. The whole place <laughs> went silent. And then anyway, we got on with the locals all right. And then about about an hour later, you had disappeared. And they were like really, really worried. And and like really worried because they thought that we might get shot. And we were Tell and I were like, fine, oh, it'll be all right, it'll turn up. Don't worry about it. Anyway, everybody had to search for you and we found you unconscious asleep under a bench in the garden. And then yeah, they, in the beer garden. Yeah, and yeah. then they made us leave very quickly. And I've got a wonderful <laughs> picture of you unconscious uh, somewhere, which I will publish at the appropriate moment. But that was yeah, great. Remember that? I'd like remember to see that. that. Yeah. Please publish it. I absolutely remember that part of it. <laughs> that was that was really good. They were good fun, um, one leg on the cup. They were uh, very good fun. They were fun. Yeah, huh? yeah. My other my other abiding memory of you on the show, Darren, is your unerring ability to let off the most noxious farts in the middle of the show. What do you have to say for yourself there? That's why Skype's ruined it for me, Chidge. If we still did it in person, <laughs> I'd see you every week. But, you know, it's, the effect is lost that way. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just always been something I've done. And I'm not, I couldn't, you had a go at me. I remember one time I was sitting there I got a phone call, had to take it. I left my seat, and in the next ad break, you gave me an absolute bollocking about leaving my seat without permission. Um, <laughs> That's such a bossy fucker. <laughs> you were. Because people need the loo as well and things like that, so you can't, 
you know. So, yeah, so I had to sit there and fart. So even if I didn't want to, I had to. Um, uh, Darren, you'll be, you'll be so disappointed to find out that when we do the show now, because Jonathan's so old, we, after part two, we have to all have a break so Jonathan can go for a wee. And everybody who listens live on Mixler knows that Jonathan's going for a wee. It's hilarious. So, you know, if only it had lasted this long, you'd have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Mike. Yeah. Go on, sorry. Go on, mate. So I was going to say, it's those sort of things, though, when we were off the mic that was sometimes better about it as well. Like, you know, to me, the fancast has had many different formats. And whilst I wasn't part of the original ones, I think it was pretty much the same as when I did start that you'd be in a pub drinking. You would, we would take four hours to record what you'd have to condense for two hours. <laughs> That's true. I forgot that. Yeah. And um, a lot of that time we could say what we wanted off there. And I remember there were times where Cheltel would tell you those things that he said, I was going to say this, but you wouldn't let me say it on air. And you'd say like, what? And then he'd tell you, like, you can't say it on air, Cheltel. So and you couldn't do that these days because you've got your Mixler thing and you've got a lot more participation, I suppose, than you did back then. So, you know, we, we could get away um, with more um, on the show. And like I say, the fact that we could all drink together, the fact we're all getting drunk at the same time and we were singing songs as well. No one else was in the upstairs of the pub, so no one cared what we did when we were up there. Um, you know, it was, it was literally like the Saturday afternoon pre-match, post-match, all over again for the fan cast. Yeah, um, great. It was, yeah, it was good memories of doing it there. That was, I'd say, the best part of it for me. My, my, I think the high point was Munich. I think, I think, you know, to, I, I mean, you know, it's difficult for me to regret it because I don't like to regret anything. But because I wasn't working and I had no money and I didn't know if I was going to get a ticket <clears throat> to the Munich, you know, to the to the Champions League final. I missed out on what you lot all did. I mean, it's awful to think about it now. The fancast mob on tour getting a minibus to, to Munich, but me not part of that. And I, I do regret that. But there's nothing I could do. But I was really glad that I did make it out there on the day. And, of course, I met up with you all in the Augusteiner beer keller just north of Hauptbahnhof. <laughs> Has Ross been coaching you before you phoned me on that one? No, it was a one-take wonder, mate. <laughs> See, again, that was because even Cliff was out there for Munich. Unfortunately, he couldn't get a ticket for the match. Um, Chelsea managed to get one, obviously, at the end. Psycho Phil managed to get one. Um, yeah, I'll always remember in a beer garden, there was um, there was some Bayern Munich fan that went past. We were talking, just me and you. He started laughing about um, Di Matteo being our manager, and they were pretty arrogant that they were going to win the match, I think. Um, and there was Chelsea fans, obviously, scattered around. It was a whole sea of red scattered around with a bit of blue and I remember this guy going past us and making some comment about Di Matteo and looking quite smug you telling him to F off and then started singing there's only one Di Matteo and every Chelsea supporter with an earshot obviously started joining in with you when you did um, <laughs> that's my main chidge memory from um, pre-match how annoyed you were at him and um, starting a little sing-song going yeah. so yeah it was a good atmosphere beforehand um did we see each other after the match? Were we in the Shakespeare pub afterwards? No, because I, I had to get a flight back. Um, oh. So yeah, so I, I went straight back to uh, to the airport on on the uh, on the old train, sobering up, unfortunately. But uh, had a good had a good flight back, and of course I managed to get back in time to go on the uh, the parade the next day. So I, I got that. That's what he must not be named. That's what he always wanted to do. He got back for it as well. 
Um, I think most of us except we weren't going to. So that's still one of my favourite things actually with Munich as well, that Cheltel booked all the hotel accommodation and Celery Terrace dad, Psycho Phil, didn't pay Cheltel for the hotel in Liège. So we went from Munich to Liège Sunday night, stayed over and then um, drove back to London on the Monday. So Psycho Phil and my brother, Phantom, stayed up all night drinking in the pub, never went to the hotel room. So Psycho Phil never paid Cheltel for his hotel room. He said, I never used this, so I'm not going to pay you for it. <laughs> so I said, but I booked it for you. He said, I don't care, I didn't use it. So uh, he never paid him for it. <laughs> Listen, mate, just to wrap up. Um, so what, what do you think about us hitting 500? I honestly... I, I loved your outlook, Chidge. Always loved your outlook. That for you, it was just it was having a laugh, really, and trying to connect Chelsea supporters. And if people liked it, fantastic. If they didn't, we all enjoyed doing it anyway. Um, it's amazing that you've done this many of them because it is it is a commitment to do it week in, week out. Your scripts and everything else that you do, people probably think that we just used to turn up and talk nonsense, and that's what it sounded like. But the amount of hours that you had to put it beforehand, and then you'd email the scripts around it, it'd be pages upon pages. Um, we'd flick through it, see what we needed to know about it. You know, there was a lot of work going into it. It's incredible that you've been doing this so long. I think your longest time off was when you went to Australia, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And that was about the CPO time. Um, Jonathan obviously did a couple when you had, I don't know, another holiday maybe or something happened, but... It's incredible how many of the how many of the five hundred have you done, Chidge? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I must have missed about no more than ten in that time. That's, I'd have said yeah. ten maximum. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. Um, I don't know. It was another sort of thing with Chelsea that I like. That there was always things like the fanzines that keep people connected. There were supporters clubs that keep people connected. But to be doing the fan cast as well for me was just a different medium. And there's people in America that listen to a podcast. I find that amazing, you know, that people want to bother listening to it. Um, people like Tom, by the way, when he goes in his jog, you know, I'd say it just always surprised me when people do do watch it. When me and Jonathan Kidd were outside the butcher's hook and someone came over because they recognised his voice. Um, and there's things like that, Chich, do that you'd never... You probably find it on match days as well when you see people and you talk to people that you don't know listen to it or, or care about it. And some people have a lot more knowledge and understanding and detail of it than you think that someone that passively listens. So I was talking nonsense all the time would do. So, um, yeah, it was good. And things like the celery moments, things like that, it meant that people on Twitter were always then contributing to it as well, um, which was good. You were always quite good at, I suppose, trying to connect different people um, to the show. People like, um, you know, God rest us old, Tritz, you and Paul Baker, they cook whilst listening to your show as well and things like that. <laughs> so and, um, remember that. <laughs> you know, so there's people, I don't know, you used to always be tuning into it when you took on the journos and, you know, we had a load of people come down to see you versus all your journo mates at the... Um, at Putney Station before, things like that. That was a pretty unique one to do. Um, was it Mickey Thomas who was on it after one of the show? Was it Bay Man United that we went or was it? Yeah, Mickey. Mickey was on. Mickey for that one. Cannons was on a couple of other times, wasn't he? Different things. Um, 
God, um, you know, when we had the the end of year party and Bobby Tambling turned up to it. Yeah. You know, there's been some really good times, some really good memories. And it was good in the pub when we did meet after Spurs that Dan Silver was there as well. Um, Dan being another person, obviously, I know through you, through the fan cast. So, you know, for me personally, getting to 500 is a great milestone. When you were on 200, you probably didn't think you'd get to 500. Mate, we celebrated the 50th. We didn't think it'd last much longer than that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think about it now, it's like you planning to hit a 1,000 shows. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a hell of a long time for you to be going to ever hit a 1,000 Do you know how old shows. I'll be if we last that long? I was trying to do the maths. 67. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance in hell, mate. <laughs> Listen, I'm glad to hear you talking about a lot of the people that are involved because what, what's dawned on me uh, doing these interviews with everybody who, who's been on it, what we need to do when we get football back, and we're, well, actually, bollocks of the football, when we're allowed to go to a pub again, more to the point, what I need to do is to book a big old room in the Atlas and we're going to have a reunion of all the people who have been involved because I think that will be one hell of a party. It would be. I'd definitely up for that. It's a shame... Logistically, we can never do a live one really after the match the way you'd want to. It would be cool to do a live one again. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. I'd love to do another live one, um, just you know for old times. But obviously, the format of the shows change. People know it's on a Monday night as well and whatnot now. So it's no, we could always do that. We can always do that. We can do what we like, mate. That's the beauty of it. R- right. Yeah, it would, go on. Cool sorry, mate. Go on. Go on. No, I was going to say it would be. It would be good too. It's one of those things I always, I do love. I do love the fan cast. Um, I do miss not doing it, to be honest with you. Um, I do want to get back into it. But I like to say, for me, the main thing was never talking about Chelsea or anything else. It was us all getting together and just having a laugh. It was great talking about Chelsea in that level of detail. Um, I think most of the time we're all on the same page about most of the stuff that was happening, um, to be honest with you as well. It was just... I don't know, even like other matches, sitting, standing with you, watching things and all the rest of it. I think there's something about the fan cast, to be honest with you, Chidge. And like, I like the fact you always promoted the podding shed and other ones. And um, you've always wanted everyone to be doing what they can, really. Instead of seeing people as competition, you saw it as like, you know, everyone being on the same wavelength, the same page and wanting the, the same sort of things, which I think is the right way to be about it. So... Yeah, I'd definitely like to get involved again. I absolutely loved like the maybe it was about five years then of doing it and the live ones especially when we're down there drinking and everything else. Um for me was it was the highlight of uh of the fan cast. It'd be good to get back to those times, but I couldn't commit to it. You couldn't commit to it. Unfortunately no one can anymore. But um yeah, let's do one after a, one of the matches before the season's out. That'd be a be good to do one again straight after match for old times. Just I know it's not quite always, but like the Mickey Thomas one, just so we can actually all be in the same room, all drinking and uh, talking about Chelsea. We'll do that. What a lovely way to end it on, Darren. Apart from everything else, mate, I, I just also should and want to thank you for being such a significant part of the fan cast. And uh, you know what I love about it as well is that all the people that we picked up along the way, like you, for example, have always brought something just completely unique to it. And uh, you will so... For, well, as far as I'm concerned, you're always going to be associated with the fan cast, and I love you for it. And thank you for it too, mate. I feel like that. And when I do speak to Jen, I always say that I'm part of the Chelsea fan cast when they ask me 
who I represent. So that's why, yeah. What a lovely I tell people. And honestly, I love the job you do that Jonathan Kidd does. I was always one championing him when you used to bring him in occasionally. I used to tell you he should be on it every single week. Um, you know, and um, like I say, Judge, congratulations on 500. I do want to play a big part in a lot of the next, um, you know, 500 that you do. It'd be nice to get at least once a month. Going forward, I think I've got the time again to do so. So it'd be good to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on it. And I'll speak with you soon. Darren wasn't the only one on the fancast to bring something unique. While the fancast always sounded like a bunch of lads on the piss, we were an inclusive bunch and provided you loved Chelsea, were not shy in front of a mic and got your round in, that was enough for us. Step forward, Lauren Foley, the first lady of the Chelsea fancast. Um, I'm so I'm so chuffed to speak to this young lady, the, the first lady of the Chelsea fancast. How about that? Oh, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? It's been far too <laughs> yeah. long time no speak. I know, I'm good. I just kind of disappeared, didn't I? You did, but you you had good reasons, Lauren. You went on to greater mm. things, uh, you know, working at BT, being a mummy, you know, making great programmes. I mean, I know you were involved with the Jimmy Greaves programme, which was absolutely brilliant. That was my favourite one to work on. I've worked on so many since I've started at BT. But to actually do one that involved working with Chelsea and some of the ex-players and stuff, it was brilliant. And just to get an insight, because obviously I was never around in that time, but hearing my dad and everybody else talk about it, it was just something, it was really nice to just delve that bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, it was a smashing programme too. I, I mean, I, I don't know a soul who hasn't absolutely loved it. And I mean, Jimmy Greaves was the one player I regret never having seen play live. And my dad used to talk about him and say how fantastic he was, but I never saw him play. You can't help when you're born. You're not that old, are you? No, contrary to popular opinion, I'm not. <laughs> um, now, listen, it's true what I said. You you broke the mould on the Chelsea fan because you were the first lady we had on the show regularly. You were one of us every week. Uh, you were getting the beers in. Uh, and you were as mad and, and, and nutty as the rest of us. But you were the first lady of the fan cast. And I'm so proud that we were the first, you know, of all the podcasts to have a regular on there who was a lady. So I'm proud of you. Definitely. I don't think I would have gone on to have the career that I now have if it wasn't for you guys. Why is that? Well, so I've always worked in media. From the age of 17, I worked in media, but I worked in cartoons. And I was just doing a few blogs and I had my Chelsea season ticket. And all I ever wanted to do since I was 15 and I wrote into Sky News, Sky Sports News for work experience when I was 15 was just like talk about football. I just wanted to be paid to watch football and talk about football. And that's every like, like that, that was my dream. And um, I needed to break into sports media and I didn't know how to do that. And I just started to listen to you guys for a bit of fun. And I was living in Clapham. I was single. I had no kids. I had nothing else to spend my money on apart from beer and football. So, uh, what, just, what else is there, Laura? Well, quite a lot these days, but not before. And I just remember you guys sounding like it was so much fun and a family. And you always talked about come down on the benches, come to the benches. Um, so I messaged you and I said, please, can I come down? 
And then I just started talking and I didn't shut up. And you said, why don't you just start contributing? I remember one night, I think it was just one night, there was a couple of people short. And um, once I get going, I don't shut up, as you can tell. And then that was it then. I just wanted to come every week. It was brilliant. It was it's daunting, though, as a woman to um, try and break into sports media. And I didn't know whether I didn't know what role I wanted to have in my life, but I knew that I wanted to work in sports. Um, working at BT has given me the opportunity to do a lot um, behind the camera. And actually, when I started, because of the stuff I'd done with you on the podcast and Sports Tonight Live, they begged me to try out to be on camera. And I just didn't want to do it. It just weren't a part of me. Like I was just so much happier behind the camera. So that's what I did. Well, that's really funny because I spent most of my life behind the camera and then I ended up being in front of it it. and doing bloody, you know, national radio. So how that happened, I don't know. Um, I've got so many fond memories. I mean, mean, it'd be kind of really unfair of me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And actually, if you you poured about five pints of Guinness down me, I'd say that every different incarnation of the fan cast was my favourite. But I have hugely fond memories of that time. It's kind of like 2012 till about 14, I think. Kind of those two or three years. I think a little bit before that. A bit before that. I think maybe halfway through 10... 2010, 2011, going on to about 14. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, we basically, you know, it, it, we'd got into a... It was a real... almost the build-up to Munich, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 very true. And then we... So it, it, it just got into such a groove. But then we moved down to that funny little bit uh, at the back of Putney Station on the yeah. ground floor. And then we went on and we ended up on Sports Tonight Live, didn't we, on the TV, which was just yeah. nuts. But um, I've got massively huge memories of that time. What about you? Anything stand just, out? You were just, you were just like my second family. Like you really were. In order to have, it was almost like I'd see you guys during the week. We, I mean, we were involved in every single club, in every single competition. So I'd see you midweek. Yeah. Then I'd see you on a Saturday, and then I'd be hungover on the Sunday, and then I'd see you on the Monday, so we could talk <laughs> about it all, all over again. That's and right. it was just. It was literally, I didn't have time to do anything else. And I met Lizzie through the podcast as well. And she's still like my best friend to this day. And honestly, it was just, you really guys were like my second family. Mm, it was well, lovely. Probably my first family, really. I saw you guys more than I saw my own family Brilliant. at that time. It was definitely But we went like everywhere, that. like home, away, Europe. I hardly missed a game. Do you know what, though? That was one of the reasons why I had to stop as well, because I just got in so much debt, and I'm not even ashamed to admit that. <laughs> like, just from, like, hardly missing a game. Like, we just went everywhere. And um, it was so much fun, and I was living on adrenaline, and it was brilliant, but... All good things must come to an end. They do indeed. But that, but that bus, that road trip that we did to Munich, I still talk about it now, and I still get tears in my eyes. It was the best weekend of my life. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. I mean, I had a different experience than you lot because, because I, 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 you know, I missed the magic bus, which I'm yeah. f- will forever regret. But. You know, I was going through a tough time financially and I just didn't have the money. And then I did get the ticket and I did get the flight and I went on the day. But I saw you all in the Augustiner beer keller. The English beer garden. Well, you ended up in the garden, didn't you, for the match? I I just remember I had so many... I was such a little little butterfly. I had so many people to see. I literally went around Munich having a beer with just different groups 
of people and I don't even I don't remember much of it to be honest <laughs> well, I, I would I didn't like any of the food I didn't like that German sausage no horrible. so I was pretty I was pretty smashed to be honest yeah. for the whole weekend but honestly just even just the journey over there it was, was it Darren's dad that drove us and like we were just singing the whole way and oh it was just brilliant, brilliant I just absolutely it? loved it do you know what? My, one of my fondest memories of you, well, there are many I have of you, but one of my fond, fondest memories of you and the fan cast was not anything to do with the fan cast at all, but none of us went, well, a lot of us did go to see Chelsea beat uh, Benfica and Amsterdam in the Europa League in 2013, but quite a few of us didn't. And yeah. I remember getting into the Southern Cross pub the, the minute it opened with Walter Otten and we, we you know, secured a table and then you look all... <laughs> from about two o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, and we were hammered by the time you turned up. But there were loads of people in there. Buncey, I think, was there, and uh, Paul, big tall Paul, and uh, of course you were there with Lizzie. And I know, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't remember any of this because I was so drunk, but I do remember because I've seen the pictures. But there are some hilarious pictures and video <laughs> of you, me, and Lizzie absolutely hammered. Uh, beer in the air when Brown has scored. There's some just brilliant oh my God, photos. I, was I went home with celery in the air. Yeah, it was nuts, wasn't it? So that was it a favourite memory. Oh uh, yeah, that was the best memory. Honestly, there was just so many. I know. It was just even it, it really was. It was like win or lose on the booze, and I was between the ages of what, like eighteen and twenty-two. And I didn't have a care in the world apart. I literally was carefree. <laughs> and I just followed Chelsea everywhere. And I was just, I made so many friends yeah. through them. That was the thing as well. Like, because for me, I was, you know, as well as I do, that I was going away games on my own. Like, if I couldn't find anybody to go with and I wanted to go, I just went. But because of the power of the podcast, you could put it out on Twitter. Like, where's everyone drinking? Like, who's going? Sort of thing. And I kind of felt like I was being looked after. Even though I'd probably never even, I'd only met these people, like, through the, through Twitter. But because they'd contacted me so many times and contributed to everything I needed to say on the podcast, it really did feel like such a big extended family. Excellent. Well, it was, and it is. Uh, and I, 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 the other memory I have of you is uh, being really mean and getting you to read out really complicated European football names, like uh, how, how how do you pronounce H E R A C L E S? Dutch team. It's just like a flashback. <laughs> you used to always pronounce it as Heracles. Isn't it funny how, Heracles. They, never, how they never asked me to do a voiceover at BT Sports? <laughs> well, that might be true, but it was really fun. And you, a great thing about you, Lauren, like you said, you you turned up. It was a, it was kind of in a weird way, a, an easy crowd to break into, but also a tough, quite tightly knit crowd to break into. But you did with a plum, and you enriched our lives while you were on it. And it was just an absolute delight having you on the show for the the time we had you. We were very blessed to have you for as long as we did. So I, for one, thank you for your massive contribution to it. It's a, it's a real Thanks. brilliant thing. I loved thing. it. I'm just, all good things must come to an end. But yeah, it was such, it was honestly, that period of my life was just amazing. Like I sometimes wish I could go back and do it. And I still go, I still go Chelsea. Like I still go there through work. Um, which is never the same, really. No. And to be honest, when you actually work, if for anybody that does want to work in sports media, when you do actually end up getting a job within sports media, 
it is not all it's cracked to be <laughs> because you are work, you are living, breathing, talking, editing, sleeping football, and it's not about always your club. Nope. It's about it's about the bloody national league or other things that you don't necessarily want to talk about. It's kind of Ebbsfleet for me on a Sunday morning or Dover or all these other places that you don't necessarily want to go to. Um, but then you do it because then you get to work. For me personally, I get to work on Champions League gigs and I get to do documentaries about Jimmy Greaves and um, Brothers in Football, which we spoke about mm, earlier, the mm. and Casuals film, and I get to make masterpieces like that. So, yeah, it, there is lots of ups and downs, um, but when you do work in it, you don't necessarily want to spend your whole weekend living, breathing, talking about it as well, no. if that makes sense. I hope we get, I mean, you know, when this is all done, I hope we, we do get to see you at the football again. It'd be lovely to catch up with oh, you and have a, have a drink or three. Know, I'll let you guys know when the next game that I'm going to. Look, I'm, as uh, I told you, I'm now seven months pregnant with my second little boy. So um, I won't be coming for this season. Well, there's nothing happening, is there, no, for this exactly. season? But uh, definitely... By the time it comes back around, I'll be ready for Lovely. a few beers again. I would like that. Now, finally, finally what, what do you think about... I mean, I, I, I look at this and I think I must be mad. How? Why am I still doing this? 500 shows. What do you think about that? I am... Do you know what? It sounds so stupid to say I'm so proud of you because that sounds so... <laughs> what's the word? Like, condescending. But I know the dedication that it takes to keep this show going. And like I said, I had four amazing years and then I moved to the Kent countryside and raised a family. You've had to do everything with your life and still do this. And the fans just absolutely love you for it, don't they? Like, it just wouldn't be anything without you. Of all the guests and everybody you've had come and go, throughout the years it's still you you're still you're just the glue holding everybody together you are an absolute angel what a lovely thing to say and the, the reason i do it lauren is because i love it and i love all the people that i do it with and the people who listen to it they make it what it is so it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure so i won't stop doing it quite yet that's for sure no good don't you dare in september 2013 chelsea fancast were on the move Already streaming the show live on Mixler from Putney Station, I was mindful that the Wi-Fi signal was not quite up to scratch, so I seized upon the opportunity to move from the airways to the cathode rays. So began a two-year stint on Sports Tonight Live, where Chelsea Fancast went out live on TV and Mixler at 7pm on a Monday, with the YouTube clips and podcasts coming out after. We started with episode number 255, Sticky Toffees, and finished on episode 311, 30, 33, 43, 69, on February the 23rd, 2015. In between, we had Skype calls with journalists and listeners, videos, stings, and even Chelsea Chatter's stats. But none of this would have happened without Greg Grimes producing from the gallery. Thank God he was a Chelsea fan and was therefore able to put up with us. Uh, right, delighted to uh, have on the line the uh, wonderful Greg Gripper Grimes, as of course I used to affectionately call him. Uh, the only man, I have to say, in 500 shows who ever managed to exert a semblance of control over the lunacy that is the Chelsea fan cars. Greg, how are you, mate? Long time no speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, you know, quite uh, tired after 500 shows, as you yeah, can imagine. But there you go. 
Um, for those of you who can't remember, because uh, of course Greg Greg never actually really appeared on the show, but Greg was the producer at uh, Sports Tonight Live when we made this harebrained idea to to kind of put the show out as a two hour TV show, as well as doing it live on Mixler, as well as putting it out as a podcast, as well as putting it out on YouTube. I think you're probably the only person who's worked as hard as me on this show, Greg. <laughs> it was a compl- complicated operation, wasn't it? Um, we we would you know we'd be in the office kind of two hours before, you know, making sure the mixer was, was was set up okay, the TV was set up okay, it was it was YouTube all right, and then we'd stay after to clip up all the bits to obviously get to get the podcast out and any kind of video clips to go on YouTube. So yeah, it was it was good. But it was a, it was a lot of fun, and you know, I, I've I'd listened to the show before. I'd, I'd come along to couple of shows at the in, in the old Putney um in the pub in Putney and um I've been listening ever since as well nice one you still listen to it now yeah yeah still listen to it now and uh I like a podcast and I've, I, I think I think your show was the, was the first ever you know podcast I'd probably listen to and b- before podcasts were in I think you were ahead of your time and <laughs> the last <laughs> the last um, couple of years, I think it's become fashionable to listen to podcasts. But yeah, your, yours is always one I look out for on a Tuesday or the Wednesday after after the Monday records and try and listen at lunch or even when I'm you know going to bed and stuff. Nice one. Has it has it changed much since you were involved? Yeah, well, the, well, the, the people the people have, except for uh, yourself and and Jonathan Kidd, who 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 <laughs> who's uh, was a great entertainer on the TV side and and continues to be, you know, just on just on audio. But yeah, the people the people have changed, but no, it's, it's still it's still fun. I think on TV it had to be had to be you know slightly kind of you, know, you had to be slightly well more well, kind of more behaved, wasn't you on TV? <laughs> but um, well, yeah, it's gone. It's gone back to you know how how it how it was before. I think we had to. It was a bit of a PG, wasn't it? A PG it was. show during the TV time, <laughs> as was. much as it could be, anyway. Yeah, it was. I remember Fiona used to do her kittens. Fiona being the <laughs> studio manager, and she used to be very worried when she could see the glint in my eye about how I could try and circumvent the very strict broadcast guidelines for what you could say. And I used to enjoy. When Sophie was on it, and she used to do a bit of co-presenting with me, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. And I used to come out with these awful double entendres that used to go right over her head and had everybody rolling <laughs> around laughing. You remember that? Yeah, no, I remember it. And uh, do you remember we did the the live shows? I think the live um, football show, the football match, it was um, Chelsea Man City. Yes, yes, I do. I think that was the first of its kind where we we recorded, you know, the the podcast watching, you know, live match because it was a Chelsea it was Chelsea were at Manchester City on the Monday night and um I wasn't actually there for that no. but we had to set every, we just we had to set everything up before and yeah you guys had to do it without me being there but it was it was successful and and Chelsea won which you know, tops everything Branner Ivanovic <laughs> yeah yeah Branner scored goal, didn't it? It? yeah it was I remember yeah, one nil. yeah I remember that because you know, it was impossible to do. Actually, that's what I remember yeah. about it because we, we couldn't, we couldn't not watch the game like we normally watch the game. So any kind of semblance of broadcasting completely disappeared, and we were just in the moment for the whole thing. Yeah. And, but I remember we did that a few times actually, and I had I had a few mates that would would uh, text me and say, "Oh, Chidge, we were listening, we were listening to your commentary of the game, right?" 
whilst watching the game on the TV. And we had that the TV commentary off and we're just listening to you lot. So for some people, <laughs> it must have worked, but I don't know. I mean, look, I remember... Yeah, well, I think, I, go on, I think mate, a sorry. lot of people would rather your commentary than some of the commentary we do get. Well, at least it would be biased in the right way. I think that you can <laughs> safely say that. I mean, I, I really do remember the Sports Tonight Live era very fondly because, I, you know, I came from a TV background. So for me, it was like... I was like a pig in shit, you know, for the couple of years that we did that there. Yeah. Uh, and it was just so much fun to bring in all of the, the stuff, you know, have, have pictures in there and videos and pe- people doing sky calls and actually getting some, you know, I mean, because basically you can get some really decent people on, like Henry Winter and Martin Lipton and so forth, if you're on TV, because they tend to be a bit more into that. So I remember yeah. it very fondly, you know, although it massively changed the way that we did the show. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? That I mean, I know Jonathan was very much around then. I think Doctor Martin had given up by then. I think I'm not sure if the Normans were still around then, but Dan Dan Silver certainly came into his own more then. I mean, Dan, I think started on the benches then because we had the benches. Yeah, he was a benches regular, wasn't he, with Andy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy used to bring millionaire shortbread as well. I remember that. So there you go. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, 500 shows. I mean, I can't remember what kind of numbers we were, we were doing. Probably in the 200s, possibly, getting on towards 300 yeah. when we were with you. So, I mean, can you believe that we're still doing it now? Well, I, I do because of, because of your passion for it. You know, I remember at the, at the time when you came in and your passion for the show and, you know, I think everything was kind of, or you wouldn't miss a show unless it, you know, less, unless, it was well. You didn't miss a show while while I worked on it, and that, I can't. I haven't seen many shows that you've missed since. And um, so your passion for it, so I can I can believe it. But you know, five hundred shows, what a fate! And yeah, I think we were. Yeah, it must it must have been in the two hundreds because what's what's that? It's been about five six years since we did. Yeah, was, yeah, five five years since we did that. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, I, I you know. 500 and hopefully there's 500 more who knows (laughs) (laughs) i worked out actually because i was talking to another one of the sports tonight mob which is chelsea chadder and yeah uh, yeah yeah and i worked out with him that uh if i did another 500 i'd probably be 67 by the time we get to a thousand because you know it's taken 12 years to do 500 so it'll take another 12 years to do another more but i don't know um (laughs) but there you go i mean honestly mate i I, apart from everything else it's just a really good opportunity to kind of get back in touch with people and and just say thank you you know so much for your huge contribution over those few years and uh, we we certainly all of us on here who were around then remember it very fondly what are you up to now so yeah at the time i think um why i had to kind of take a back seat from from doing those shows at the time is because I got a job with with Sky Sports News and I'm kind of yeah and it would it would take up from I would kind of not be working on or not be available Monday nights so I'm now yeah five years into working for, for, for Sky and um, yeah we'll see and see what see what kind of in this in this mad world at the minute see what's going to happen but at the minute working from home. Um, just kind of writing news articles, but usually I'll be um, producing the sport on Sky News, the bulletins on Sky News, or on Sky Sports News. But at the minute, it's just kind of news articles. I just got off of writing an article about Gordon Taylor and the PSA and stuff, so that's fun. <laughs> nice one, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope you're managing to import a bit of Chelsea bias into your Sky Sky News, Sky Sports I try. News. I try. Yeah. I try as much as I can. Yeah. <laughs> 
any kind of Chelsea stories, you know, I'll I'll, I'll flag up and hopefully and ho- I hope um, others agree we could go with it. And but um, yeah, try not to be too. You have to kind of put a work hat on. Um, and yeah, you know, if there's a, a, a kind of slightly negative Chelsea story, you can't not no, do it. I know. But, I know. I've been yeah, there, mate. But... I've been there, mate. I mean, luckily, I <laughs> I got on uh, another Kelvin McKenzie. Uh, attempt at taking over the world with love sport recently and i got a, a, a you know quite a lot of shows on that but a, but also a, a breakfast show on the sunday and it was great because i was allowed to be as biased as i wanted to it was great i had free license but there you go um <laughs> listen mate um i just again wanted to say thank you to you but also there were loads of other people who, who were, i mean they're just there were loads of people involved in the whole sports night sports tonight uh setup fiona obviously steve hadlow used to help out didn't he and there were many many others yeah so yeah, they, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the other guy's name who works with us. For it's, it's, it's gone out of my head. So, um, but yeah, and it was good. It was, uh, it was you know, it was uh, we had, we hadn't done it before. We hadn't done it before, and um, you know, it was a, yeah, it was a, but it was fun. It was a fun oper- It was fun operation, and always look forward to the to the Monday. And it you know took me off Polish football. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I remember that. That was uh, crazy, and of course, the great thing is, of course, Greg, I still see you in uh, in and around the bridge occasionally because you're still going. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, you know, not as much as we, you know, I'd, I'd like. So, good, good to have a good, good drink with you when we get back to normality, whenever that may be. Yeah, well, hopefully, so good, to, good to catch up soon. Yeah, hopefully sooner, sooner rather than later, mate. But look, you keep your head down, stay safe and well, and uh, keep doing the good stuff that you do at Sky Sports News, and we will hook up. For a beer yeah, or three when, when, it, when it all comes back. I look forward to that, mate. You too, Chidge. One of the most popular items on the weekly TV version was Chelsea Chatter and his stats. Hell, he even had his own title music. Recording. I never knew Chelsea had so much history. Blimey, Chad. I bet that brings back a few memories. Yeah, a few very good memories, Chidge. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah from, the, from the old days before a family life and everything. Yeah, they were, they were really good times. I miss them. I, I know. Miss them. We miss you, mate. I have to say, we really do miss you. I mean, you were, you were another one who, uh, who kind of uh, fell through the cracks because real life got in the way, which uh, yeah. I think says more about you and your your maturity than me and my immaturity for still being my age and doing this silly thing that we do every flaming Monday. But there you go. No, it was it was it was good. I I, uh, I remember it very fondly. I remember um, when the first time that you, you mentioned about it was when I was out one evening with a friend, and uh, Chelsea Stats I think had sent you a tweet saying when you're going to get Chad and me on and you. Where he kind of said, "Oh, anytime you like, anytime you like," and and we came along uh, to that pub in Fulham. I can't remember what it was called now. Putney Station. That was it. Putney Station. Went along there, sat on the benches, and then talked to you. I think we were asking us about our favourite song and our our love for stats and things. It was um, that seems a long time ago now. Well, I do remember that. That's a very good point because I do. I I did get you. You you turned up in Putney Station, and you and Matt were on the benches. And uh, I do remember that. But then we, we got you, we got, I mean, I'm trying to remember, we must have got you on a, a proper show in Putney Station before we all disappeared up to do it in, on TV up in uh, Soho, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there was one other one other time we were all up there together um, before it, yeah, before it moved to, 
to Soho, but I can't remember for the life of me what we were talking about on that second time. Probably Chelsea, mate. Uh, yeah, that was a fair, fair chance. <laughs> so much happens with us each week. I, I, you know, luckily I've got my database to remember what happened last week, let alone that many years ago. Well, we we all thank you hugely for that because without your database, we, uh, me and my very poor memory would be very well stuffed. But uh, I mean, you really kind of on the fan cast, as far as I remember it, you really came into your own when we we moved it onto TV at Sports Tonight Live. <clears throat> and we used to have you on the benches most weeks and i remember i mean we you had your you had your own own part in the show that that little kind of title sequence is a, a reminder of that chelsea chatter's stats and you'd come out with all sorts of stats but i also remember it for your somewhat unique and idiosyncratic taste in jumpers chad oh yeah well you know the, the thing is i was having to come 60 miles straight from work to come up to london <laughs> Um, from school I did manage to um, we used to have staff meetings on a Monday and I had to approach my head teacher and say look um, you can you can obviously it's your school and you can say no but I've been invited up to a live tv show each week is there any chance you can move the staff meeting to a different day and and she agreed so it just meant that I had to kind of rush straight from school uh, in Eastbourne area up to London to get ready for the show so I have time to uh, get changed Mate, I have to say, you know, just hearing that, remi- reminded of that, the the effort that you used to make to just come and be on our show, really, I mean, it's quite humbling, actually, that, uh, that all these mad people that I know and love, that they were prepared to put in all that effort, actually. So that's, uh, I'm very thankful for that. Oh, you're, you're welcome. It was, it was a pleasure to be part of such a fantastic show. It really was. So you got any good memories other than the two that we've talked about? Do you remember anything else? People? Funny uh, shows? Uh, I remember having to be, just be very, very quiet a lot of the time. And, uh, it, you know, for me, sometimes that's really easy. But the hardest thing for me is that I have quite a few little um, ticks and twitches. And I never knew when you were going to cut to me. So <laughs> I was kind of finding it really hard to keep still and not look like, who's that weird guy who just keeps flinching and twitching and making all these noises? Oh, don't have him back. But um, I managed to kind of keep them under under wraps as best I could so that was kind of one of my main memories was just the fear and panic that everybody was going to think that I uh you know had been on something or needed to be sectioned well that 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 I have to say that was the you know it's one thing doing it shit-faced in a in a pub in Putney which is what how we pretty much started and to then you know put you lot who who all of you only did it bless your hearts because you were mates of mine and I bribed you into doing it and then to have you on TV, which is, I mean, really, if I look back on it, what an awful thing to inflict on people. But to be fair, you all seem to enjoy it. So I'm not going to feel too guilty. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, because of me, Chad, obviously, and the Chelsea Fancast, I shot you immediately into superstardom. And you've now oh, become cool. now become this great Chelsea author, haven't you? Uh, that's right. Yeah, I've written a couple of books. And um, during this crisis at the moment, I've started writing a, a new one. This one's a, a Chelsea quiz book where... I'm trying to write 1,905 questions wow. for it. Yeah, I'm up to about 800 at the moment. Um, I'll just keep going with that. But um, it's it's good for me because I get to find out a little bit more about Chelsea uh, as I'm doing my research. Um, and also, it just spreads a little bit of knowledge for other people if they choose to to read it. But I'm I mean I've really enjoyed uh, doing the the books because I'm more of a maths person than I am uh, a words person but people seem to be in, enjoying the books uh, the first one about the memorable matches that's been selling really well and the second one 
about uh, looking back at Chelsea's moments in history, but from a social media perspective, by having other Chelsea fans looking back at the moment and reacting as if they were in the time. Uh, it was a really, really exciting and fun project um, with over, I think it's over 130 different Chelsea fans from all over the world, reminiscing on, on moments that, you know, we didn't really get to talk about at the time in the way that we do now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great books, both of those. Just remind everybody of the titles so they can go and find them on Amazon. Uh, the first one was Chelsea, 100 Memorable Matches. And the second one is Chelsea, If Twitter Was Around When. Yeah, and they're both published by the lovely uh, Mark Worrell from Gate 17 Publishing, aren't they? That's right, yeah. He's been very good to me, Mark. Mm. Oh, yeah, very, very, very good. I appreciate all he does. Now, uh, you are, uh, without doubt, uh, Chelsea's preeminent stats man, as we all know. Uh, so what do you think about the stat of the Chelsea fancast hitting 500 episodes? Well, I think it's the first time in the fancast history that you've managed to reach 500. So, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> no a, shit. a great stat. Um, it's not as, I remember you asking uh, me my favourite stat uh, years ago, um, and I, I mentioned it, and you just said that yours was 36, 24, 36. So that's stuck with me ever since there. So, um, I like that. But in terms of the stats, I think what an, another memory I have was um, each week reading out my list of stats. And finally, John McElobey has not scored for Chelsea in his last 200-odd games. And I remember you had uh, a journalist came in and he said he was going to write uh, a piece about, about it because he got up to 260 games. And then he put it on the, the newspaper website and then Mikel went and scored the next week. So it had to end <laughs> end my feature. And I couldn't go, well, he hasn't scored for one game. It wouldn't quite have the same ring to it. But um, yeah, it was, you know, lots of lots of good memories from, uh, for the stats there. And I'm still kind of going strong with it as best I can. I'll, I'll tell you, I'd like, I wonder who that journalist was. I, I, it might have been Martin Lipton, the kind of thing yeah, he would have written. And, uh, of course, we were there when John Obie scored, so we can always say that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the man for scoring a goal in a blue shirt just because he's ruined my uh, my kind of final stat. But, you know, if I ever meet him one day, I will mention it to him. Well, that's great. I always remember Chell Tell having a humongous hump uh, during, I think it was when Chelsea played, it might have been Chell when Chelsea played Portsmouth in the FA Cup final. Um or it might have been the Everton one. I forget. You'll see. You'll know because you're a stats man. But basically, Cheltel had a tenner on on Frank Lampard to score a penalty, and he missed it. And he's never forgiven him oh, for that. Portsmouth game. Yeah, it was, Portsmouth it was, game. Yeah. Portsmouth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. We all have our axes to grind. Chad, I just want to say, look, you know, I, I don't. I, I very, you know, this is the thing. At the time, you never get the chance to say these things. But when you hit a milestone like this, it's a really good opportunity to to have a quick reflect and look back on what you've done but also and I think more importantly to say thank you to all of the fantastic people that I've got to know doing this show who have been incredibly generous with their time and uh, their kindness and of course you're very much top of the list at that so I just want to put it on record mate say thank you for all of the help that you've given us over the years not just by coming on the show and doing the stats but behind the scenes too you're always very kind and generous and tweeting things out for us which helps the popularity of the show so thank you very much from all of us at the Chelsea Fancast. That's all right. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to do nice things for nice people. And on that point, a massive thank you to everyone who has been on the Fancast over the last 500 shows. I've been incredibly grateful for the time and help you've given me in making it all happen. And let's face it, the show would have been terrible had it just been me on it. 
Right, that's the end of part one. Hope you enjoyed going back in time with some of the Chelsea fancasters. In part two, we'll be talking to some of the great guests we've had on the show, like Paul Cannaval, Kerry Dixon, Spy, Liam Toomey and Beth Wilde from Chelsea in America. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.